so this is no sold episode 16 the sweet 16 here we are today we're going to be talking about gimmicks all about the gimmicks best and worst gimmicks i'm joined by a half man half bull right now one of the best gimmicks or worst mantar how are you (laughs) conspicuous by his absence is the yeti aka frank out on assignment right now where is uh frank well uh word on the street is he's out looking for kevin owens talent right now so it's probably going to be a long assignment we may never see him again because it's <sighs> pretty uh it's a pretty dead end assignment it's so dead frank end. if you're listening there's nothing out there there's nothing to see he's cringy just come back to no sold let's get it going yeah, we we appreciate Frank going out and taking on that tall task. But so we have the Mantar, the Yeti, and then the toilet cleaner himself, Mr. T.L. Hopper, our host. Here I am, hopping right in. Welcome, <laughs> formerly known as uh, the Dirty White Boy. Wow, so both of those go. fit me perfectly. I yeah, guess. they do. But... Dirty White Boy that cleans toilets. There I am. On occasion, who hasn't cleaned a toilet, right? You got to you got to keep it clean. But um, yeah, man, I feel like this will be fun because we're going to get all into the gimmicks. And I know Frank wanted to join us for this one, but we're going to make sure we cover all the bases. We're going to try to if obviously if we forget any, feel free to leave them in the comments like always. And speaking of comments, I want to get into just real quick. Last week's episode, we talked about cruiserweights. It was fun. Lots of cool feedback, as usual. Tons of feedback. Tons of comments. It, it got into like the the sixty or seventy. Oh, uh, it was. But you know, it was most mostly the same three people. So <laughs> I don't know if it counts. It counts. Um, one of them was Zern, I believe. He uh, he mentioned. He said we forgot Jamie Noble. Ah, we didn't, re- we didn't remember it. No, we didn't. We That's forgot Jamie. One. But in fairness, we kind of focused on the WCW cruiserweights. Exactly. So, I mean, there's other dudes that we forgot too. I'm sure, but yeah, we didn't Michael get a lot of be there to hold us accountable. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron, for for uh, filling in the blanks. We forgot Jamie Noble. He also, not that it relates to cruiserweights of any kind, but he had his stance. Uh, he defended his stance of how Kevin Owens Ooh. continues to get uh, heat here. He doesn't approve of it. He he kept talking about how Kevin Owens is a good soldier. And that uh, Jeff Hardy has a world title reign, but KO should be rewarded for being a good soldier. Um, So he agrees with the everybody gets a turn thing. Maybe Zern sees him as a mid Carter, though. And um, my thing is, how many main events has Kevin Owens had? Uh, He's main event of pay-per-views. He's won universal titles. I mean, maybe WWE doesn't do a good enough job drawing the line between main eventer and mid Carter for me. But I feel like he's main evented against Roman Reigns. Yes, he did. Uh, main event and pay-per-views. But anyway, I don't know. I think um, in the, in those texts or comments, I kind of got into it with him a little bit, talking about some of the jobbers like Barry Horowitz, Steve Lombardi, that were never rewarded for being good soldiers. Yeah, I mean, they're arguably more popular than Kevin Owens is among wrestling fans. Yeah, maybe not like, current wrestling fans, though. Well, no, current wrestling fans only think, you know, 2015 and up count. Right. Braun Strowman. Yeah. The, the goat. goat status. 2016, goat status. 2018. Yes. Yeah, as, as our comrade Frank pointed out, 
Yeah, Zarin was very much centered in on defending Kevin Owens, but also reiterating he only sees him as a mid-carder. He's um, right. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I said I'm never going to agree to disagree. I'm not going to stop until Frank respects Shawn Michaels and Zarin <laughs> hates Kevin Owens. Those are my two goals. Um, I'm also- frankly, like, I'm not even, like, mad about, like, all this Kevin Owens love. I'm disappointed because these are guys that I thought had – taste you know and like you uh you're fans of like a Hugh Morris guy like mind-boggling you know at the top of the the top of the uh roster and I just don't get it these are longtime wrestling fans I feel like um Chuck who comments a lot yes Chuck basically well. trolls us I don't believe that he actually likes these guys but Zern is just being hard-headed and I don't know if you're playing devil's advocate, Zern, but no, I think he genuinely likes Kevin Owens stuff. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. You can have the Sami Zayn like in a way. uh, I like Sami Zayn in NXT. I think he was like a good hand. But this new, you know, this new honorary Ouse thing, um, I just don't see the payoff of it. Right. You know, like what eventually they're going to turn on him. Mm -hmm. And then what? It's him versus Roman. Yeah, like man. A guy in sweatpants is fighting for the title. Maybe he'll pop I mean, that shirt off by then or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. And, and you know, why not? Because there's a YouTube guy that's going to fight for the title. So why not? <laughs> WWE is just, it's never been better under Triple H. Cheers, Triple H. You're doing a great job, pal. Well, I, I mean, I do have some good things to say about WWE that you, you could have heard on our weekly wrap up. But check that out. Um, I also want to mention Papa Spice who uh i believe it's greg right it's Greg. yeah he co-signed my my uh i guess disapproval for will osprey he okay. got into it a little bit in the comments so thank you greg get my back on that one but it was um it was john petrick chiming in he had this theory that the reason the cruiserweights always fail is because they're never taken as in, they're never shown as being as important as the heavyweights mm-hmm. like he thinks they should be main events so on and so forth. I think they. Oh still... yeah, I read that one. Like it was, yeah. um, because it's not presented as like UFC, where they're, you know, whatever lightweight or middleweight title is sometimes like at the top of the card. I agree with that. Like I think, I understand. Like WWE doesn't want to separate the guys by weight. I get mm-hmm. that because, honestly, like I would say probably seventy five percent of the roster is cruiserweights now. Right. If you're going by the old 230 pounds, you know, thing, but I don't know. I kind of agree with that. Well, they're they're there to serve a purpose, though, right? They were always there to kind of like get the crowd hot. And sure. I don't know if they get super over like in that division. I think it would be cool to see them in main events, but I don't know, man. I feel like we don't have to worry about it because it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not a huge fan of you know, cruiserweights main event matches. But like you said, yeah. I guess half the roster is. Yeah, I think that's just a good point with the, you know, the comparison to MMA where they like they have different like weight classes. But I think WWE yeah. wants to avoid that because, like I said, all their guys, not all I... of them, but a lot of them are small guys now. I think in wrestling, you should avoid the weight class thing in general. Yeah. I do yeah. think that. But um, speaking of weight classes and guys like. I guess not being believable as world champion. John Petrick also mentioned he had the nerve to say that um, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, to name a few, would never make for believable world champions. And this Mm -hmm. is coming from someone who literally like praises 
all the small time ballerinas. I mean, wrestlers. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Because I'm going to disagree with that. I well, think Darby we, Allen. Your love for Jungle Boy Jack has been noted. So mm. you basically have a crush on him. Um, Ricky Starks is a star. Um, Darby, I could see is like, I mean, Darby is a small dude, but he's like believable to me because he's a tough ass dude. Like mm-hmm. he's like as tough as Mick Foley and half the size, you know? Um, I don't know. It's we'll see. Like I, it depends. Like when you're around these other stars, it depends how you're, how I guess bright your star shines when you're in there with them. Like there's a lot of dudes in AEW since we're talking about AEW wrestlers like Moxley, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, if he ever comes back, like Hangman Page, um, you know, bigger dudes, Claudio, if he ever, you know, gets near that title, Jericho. Um, I mean, MJF's a small guy, right? Yeah, smallish, yeah. Yeah, and I believe he could be world champion, so. Yeah, it's perception, I guess, how they present them, like you said. But for a guy, like the reason I would stand up for a guy like Darby Allen, especially, or Ricky Starks, I guess, is like their personalities and characters sort of, and their char- like charisma, they just, they yeah. transcend their size. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they both have it, for sure. I think. Unlike a guy like Adam Cole, who I did bring up, who, you know, I'm hard on him, but he's essentially like a skinnier, generic white guy who just acts tough. And it's like, <laughs> you know. Look, if they made him a baby face, made him like fight from behind, maybe I could see it. But I don't see him as world champion either. That's just me. But yeah, I know he's booked that way. Um, me speaking of Chuck, by the Charles, he chimed in and said, "Give this, give the, give the scarf guy the title and let him go to WWE with it." Scarf guy, I'm thinking is MJF. So, oh, I, I wasn't following the scarf guy. That was his insight there, and we'll get to MJF. I think. Um, you know, eventually we'll talk more about him. So Charles also mentioned he wants a call-in show, which we'll we'll try to deliver that on that soon. But um, for now, in these comments, continue to comment, like, subscribe on the YouTube page. We're gonna do a randomizer soon. We're gonna we're gonna try to give you uh, some very rare, limited edition, no sold shirts. If you enter in, so just comment, like, subscribe. It's gonna be all random, literally one of a kind. Literally one of every a kind. single shirt will be different. These, and they will be certain ones, certain. Dis- yes, it's completely unique to their uh, to their own design and whatnot. So we're going to be doing that soon. We appreciate you all, everyone who continues to comment, like and listen. Like we mentioned last week, Belgium, Singapore, other areas. <laughs> yeah, other. Uh, by the way, we were corrected. I believe it was Chuck again. Uh, mostly German speaking, mostly German speaking in Belgium. Yes. Okay. So. That so we, is that Donka Shane? Donka Shane, I believe. All right, Donka Shane. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was that, and also, I like I said, we've been kind of been getting streaming everywhere lately. We we appeared in the Great Britain Wrestling Top 100 Wrestling Podcasts recently. I was that was pretty cool to see. Um, so overall, it's been fun. That was last uh, week. Where was that in England? Yeah, and uh, it was Great Britain. All right, so So, let me say thank you in their language. Thank you. (laughs) Nice. So, Duke, I'm going to ask you a question. Hi, John. How are you? So, really, how do you define a gimmick in wrestling? It's just a loaded question. But, you know, if you're going to talk about gimmicks, first we need to establish not only what a gimmick is, 
but how do you define it in wrestling? Because there's a lot of shades of gray when you some someone says, "Oh, that's a great gimmick" or right. bad gimmick. <clears throat> how do you define it? I mean, when we were doing research for this, you and I both talked previously about like some gimmicks that kept popping up like as worst or best and um some of them we were like well is that even a gimmick so like you know a guy like heidenreich popped up who <clears throat> you know wasn't it wasn't really a gimmick like it was a dude that did weird stuff but like what was his gimmick like he read poetry his... right i guess right like sometimes sometimes <laughs> he raped michael cole you know <laughs> like yeah. yeah but i mean like you don't you can't even define it so i would say like i went with stuff like you know like i mentioned um uh tl hopper was a fucking plumber you mm -hmm. know like <laughs> that's what i thought of like gimmicks like that like stuff that you could actually define as a gimmick not like you know um a guy that oh yeah that was a cool gimmick it's like dude he just wore red like what was his gimmick right you know right. so like I think we're on the same page with that, but yeah, in pre like in pro wrestling, I, a gimmick's usually referring to like their in ring persona, character, behavior. Um, I guess you could say all that, but for me, it, I mean, I guess what we're going to talk about here is which gimmicks have a lasting effect, good or bad. Right? We're going to talk about ones we remember, um, and like through the years, there's been like we said, over the top gimmicks, comedy gimmicks, foreigner gimmicks athletic sports related music related we're going to get into all that occupational gimmicks there's so many to cover but um i just wanted to mention that like in recent years it's like the emphasis has been on like it's more on like realistic gimmicks if you want to even call them that or which wrestler portrays a, i guess sort of like a, a an amplified version of their personality Right. And I guess we can call that a gimmick, but as opposed to like our glory years, the golden eras where every wrestler seemed to have a gimmick. But um, yeah, I think there's like I said, there's been so many over the top gimmicks. We're going to get into all the specifics of each, I guess you could say, category or genre of gimmick. But I'll just say this before we get into them. Like if a gimmick is presented to me like as a joke right off the bat, I don't I think that character has to work extra hard to shed that skin. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you don't believe in you, no one else is going to. And that's just in life. Like, if you don't believe that, you know, in wrestling, like some of the most successful guys in pro wrestling have egos because they believe in themselves and they believe that they are the top guy. And, you know, a lot of people give them shit for that. Like, oh, he never did jobs. Well, it worked out because. 30 years later, we're still talking about them, you know, as one of the goats. So, like, if you don't believe it, I'm not going to believe it. And you could see that in some of these gimmicks. The, some yeah. of these guys are like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, they on, don't believe this. it themselves. Yeah, you don't you don't have something better for me. Like, I'm a goddamn veteran of the, of the wrestling business and I'm a, you know, I'm a baseball player now. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> right. But it like to the contrary, if it's presented as serious and intense, like right off the bat, then usually I'm in. And if but but even sometimes when it is like people don't dig it, you know, right? Because I think some people just I guess what I'm finding more and more, especially now, um, is wrestling fans, they want to have fun over maybe uh, I don't want to say thinking, but like they don't want to have to be super invested 
in like a long-term story or like a story with a lot of depth. I think fun is the overwhelming feeling fans want. And that's probably because some of them are still, you know, bringing kids and I get that like, Mm -hmm. but the acclaimed are the most over tag team right now because of this gimmick or this, this like over the top stuff. But um, you look at other teams like the house of black, right? That wasn't that over. Um, And I just think maybe because they were trying to be a little bit like, maybe deeper or methodical. I don't know. How would you I think it was over? It's just that in AEW, I actually like this a lot about AEW. The bad guys get booed. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. when they have good matches and stuff and when they do cool spots, they'll get cheered. But I think that's what it was. I do think the house of black was over. But do you know I what mean, I mean? Like when a, te- when a crowd like clamors for that sure. team or that guy to like, they chant their name when they're not yeah, on TV. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, yeah. they, they, they latched onto the acclaim for the, for the gimmick. Yeah, it's a of lot it. of fun. Yeah. I mean, fun, dude, yeah. it goes back to the New Age Outlaws. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was at a house show, whatever that was, 25 years ago, however long ago it was. And I was at the concession stand and I heard, and I ran back to my seat so I could be a part of that. That's funny. So, like, it is. It is about fun. But you've you always kind of had that well-rounded like thing, I guess, where you at the same time were probably like super stoked to see, you know, Jericho or Benoit yeah, sure. or, you know, so. Yeah. But um, I wanted now, to talk. I think there's still I don't think we can say that all wrestling fans now just want to have fun. I mean, that's the point of a show. You want to go to a show and interact and stuff. Yeah, so even like, me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just but saying. Like, I, like, I do think that there's still a lot of people that like just solid ass wrestling matches too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I but, like fun. I don't like like comedy gimmicks that aren't funny. I well, guess. we're gonna talk about that because yeah. wrestling in general, their brand of comedy usually is not good. Cringy. Yeah. It's cringy, and it's usually because either the writing. Or the actor slash talent slash wrestler isn't funny, you know, and or, or it's funny to a seventy year old man, or it's funny to one guy, yeah, one man. Um, so wrestling comedy in general is usually pretty rough, but there are this the select few that can nail it, and um, that's like all around in acting, I think, um, or in, in wrestling, like they're not actors, but there's probably if there's been. 5,000 pro wrestlers in history, I would say maybe 50 of them are actually really good actors that can, can take material and make us believe it. And that's, that's like with their gimmick or on the microphone, we just saw Bray Wyatt, like, you know, we'll talk about that later on when we talk about gimmicks. But um, I want to talk about now about wrestlers who, after they portrayed a gimmick, they couldn't shed that skin that I talked about. Like they were, I guess like typecast, if you want to yeah. say it like that, like how a guy like like Jack Nicholson was the crazy guy after he did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like even though he did movies before that, Chinatown, like you can go check out some of the earlier stuff he did, The Passenger, but he got typecast as the crazy over the top guy. In wrestling, that happens as well um, to guys who can't escape it, and they can you can never see them differently. You know, some guys for the ones who did get away from it that's super impressive and do you do you have any guys like put you on the spot guys that you were surprised could make you forget that they portrayed a certain gimmick well one of them 
is, in my opinion, one of the best gimmicks of all time. It's Kane, Glenn mm. Jacobs, you know, because he had uh, he was Isaac Yankum, who's under my worst gimmicks of all time, <laughs> the fucking dentist. Mm-hmm. That was brought in by Jerry the King Lawler after Bret Hart made him eat his own foot. <laughs> and then after that, he was the fake Diesel. And I mean, you don't get a lot of chances normally in WWE, especially back then. If you got one gimmick and it failed, you were probably gone after that. But mm-hmm. Kane, thankfully, was a big dude and he persevered and Taker approved it and kane i mean he's a hall of famer now like isn't it amazing that he has your and in mine one of my favorite gimmicks ever but one of my least like one guy portrayed the best and the worst that's pretty crazy that's probably not going to happen again when we talk about all these guys right you know we we might have to there's a lot of guys it's normally like they were something and then they were given a shit gimmick it seems Mm. like on Mm. my list anyway um but yeah kane is the one that pops to mind for me how about you so uh i you, you definitely got me with that one um i think just like I wanted to talk real quick about the like being typecast or miscast yeah. even. I just thought it was interesting, like in thinking about this, how and actors and stuff like that, it got me thinking like Vince McMahon would find a guy to play a role and just disregard their previous like existence. Like you said, like he would take a guy and just find a character. And it's weird because like you just like it would never fit like, you know, how in, in the 80s or even 70s, it was always like every wrestler would call themselves handsome or a playboy. Yeah. And it's just like, it didn't work, you know, but it, Vince took it a step further. Like he would make guys just, um, just completely miscast guys. And obviously we'll talk about the ringmaster and stuff like that. Like it just didn't fit, but no. Wanna... And that's funny. Cause like the ringmaster was one that appeared on worse gimmicks. I actually like that gimmick a lot. Yeah. It was well, just like you said, it was the wrong dude. Well, do you know who that was originally intended for? I don't know. I looked this up um, and it was originally intended for Brian Clark. Rath. Oh, wow. In 93, before he gave him the Adam Bomb gimmick, they presented the Ringmaster gimmick. I have no idea how that would work. No, it wouldn't. Right? No, uh, it would have to be like Dean Malenko. <laughs> that's what I would like think of. William Regal, like a guy... Not that Austin couldn't work, but that just wasn't him. Mm-hmm. He had too much of like a, I don't know, like an attitude, I guess. Like it just. Yeah, I, the Texas I, thing too. I, yeah, I know. Like, like, and you know, Vince hated those accents. That's one thing him and I have in common besides <laughs> being born in February. There you go. But also I wanted to ask you before we get further into this, because um, I was exploring like best worst gimmicks or just in general a list of gimmicks and i was going back on the rosters just so i can you know jar my memory Mm. ultimate warrior would always pop up and i want to ask you like there's something to be said about guys who live the gimmick eventually like eventually we'll talk more about that and one of them who i don't think i'm going to talk about as far as like on a list but i want to ask you like ultimate warrior sort of lived the gimmick it was a crazy thing but rick flair he eventually became the gimmick by all accounts that that gimmick was obviously borrowed you know from from the nature boy buddy rogers and then, and then perfected 
Yeah, definitely perfected, taken to way higher heights, and then even imitated after we talked about yep. guys that Buddy Landell. But um, the guys that really lived the gimmick and mm-hmm. really, I guess, bought into it full throttle, like the Warrior. Can you call the Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, was that a gimmick to you? Did that pop in your head? Yeah, or? that's that weird thing that we talked about. Like, is it a gimmick? Like, yeah. I feel like it's just a name. I saw Hollywood Hogan on there as well. Like, is that a gimmick? I mean, Hollywood, I would say, is more so than Warrior because it was like he was a movie guy. Like, he actually, you know, remember, like, he would come out and he had his hair done. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Like, so like that I can kind of get behind a little more. But the Ultimate Warrior, apparently Vince was like, all right, there's the Road Warriors. There's these Warriors. There's this Warrior. But. (laughs) You're the ultimate warrior. <laughs> You're the you know, ultimate like, war. Yeah, and like I don't know if it's a gimmick. What's his gimmick? Yeah, I guess he was supposed to be dude, like Yeah, because I, I have a list actually uh that we will get to of gimmicks that sort of had to do with I don't want to say they centered around mental health, but they had a lot mm-hmm. to do with guys that were disturbed or you know, tortured or whatever. But yeah. um warrior, I, mean, I don't think of warrior is a gimmick. Me neither. And if you're talking about living the gimmick, there's nobody better because he literally changed his name to fucking Warrior. That was my point. Yes, that was my point. I mean, if you're living the gimmick, that's living the gimmick. But yeah, and we're about to we're about to get into some specifics of these gimmicks. But before we do, I want to just also mention like really quick going back in history, you know, there were names like Luthez, Ed the Strangler Lewis that were the wrestlers wrestler the guys that were doing like the mat work and it was gorgeous George in the forties and fifties that is kind of crowned as the ultimate creator originator of a gimmick that exaggerated like effeminate behavior. He was introduced. That's, that's the guy that brought showmanship and for its time, it was unheard of for sure. I mean, because I thought of exotic Adrian street Mm -hmm. and like gorgeous George was first you know so yeah he put over he put that over the top like presentation yep. and that had a androgynous that. thing you know like that was unprecedented for that time so yeah adrian adonis took it on eventually yep. Yep. but um a lot of guys portrayed tough guys or pretty boys like we talked about um we're gonna get into some details now because that was in the 70s and 80s i want to go through a few 80s gimmicks because i kind of have this as a as its own little category believe it or not because in the 80s was the not only golden era of wrestling, but it was the golden era of gimmicks, especially in the WWF. Uh, I want to throw a few at you that we haven't talked about a ton on the show because there are guys like, obviously, Mr. Perfect and the Million Dollar Man, which you're free to talk about, and we will. But um, guys like the Iron Sheik and guys like Kamala, who... They were doing gimmicks, you Mm -hmm. know, they were actual gimmicks. Kamala built as the Ugandan giant, you know, I mean, he had the lion cloth carrying a spear, you know, he took the gimmicks. So in the eighties, what do you think of as some of the best gimmicks that you can think of? Well, I mean, you said the million dollar man in the eighties, like that was, that's another guy that lived the gimmick too. Like Vince had him. Can you imagine like you're working in mid South wrestling Vince McMahon calls you. Yeah, like Vince McMahon calls you up. He's like, hey, I want you to come work for me. You're going to fly first class. You're going to get limos everywhere. It's like, yep, okay, bye. Like, (laughs) you know, like I'm in. Like, what do you mean? 
like there's no selling him on man that for sure like is you know i did you ever might... hear the story of how vince had that gimmick peg uh for someone else before mm-hmm. rick flair oh wow supposedly yeah. uh he wanted I mean, that for rick flair what would you what do you think of that like just to think for a second would that would have changed two careers at once sure because flair would still been flair right yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, like, who would have been better. I can't imagine Ric Flair failing at anything. Exactly. You know, um, but I if that happens, Ted DiBiase, we're not talking about him right now, I don't think. As talented as he was, like, he needed that. Listen, man, I love Mid-South and Mid-Atlantic wrestling and all that old stuff. But, like, you need that grand stage, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to get in front of more people. Like... Million Dollar Man is arguably a household name. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. I think it's one of the best gimmicks of all time. It's actually on my list. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some because the 80s and 90s blur together. Mr. Perfect, I feel like, is a gimmick. Okay. Like, the perfect wrestler. Like, because we talked about it. He was Kurt Hennig. He he had the pedigree. He's a, what, third generation Third generation, yeah. Um, You know, he was obviously a good wrestler but like you know you need that next we always talk about like that fresh coat of paint here put this neon singlet on bleach this hair and then it's like holy shit like you hear the money you know those are two similar guys too like dibiase and and kurt hennig guys Uh, that were excellent in the ring absolutely like ted dibiase is not talked about enough for his in-ring work like he was fucking phenomenal Agreed. You know, and like he took these two guys that were, you know, they were successful for sure. Kurt was AWA champion. Uh, DiBiase was North American American. champion. Mm -hmm. But like, again, you need that grand stage, man. And like, I'm sure they made more money than they ever had. You know, I think DiBiase, when we got to see him as, you know, me at uh, 1992, 93, 91, all that. He was a little older. I mean, oh, we yeah. saw a tail end of, you know, yeah. of Ted DiBiase's work. But when I watched the Mid-South stuff, he's so technically sound. He's a worker's worker. Absolutely. Even if stuff like I was watching stuff with Junkyard Dog, like he's flying around. He's very agile, yep. athletic. Sells um, his ass off. Sells. So I, but it's funny that you mentioned like Kurt Hennig and Ted DiBiase. The fact that the gimmicks are the reason they're remembered. And it's just amazing, man, because, um, so many guys on this list we're going to talk about are remembered because of these gimmicks and, yep. and you know, they're remembered fine, whether it's good or bad. Exactly. You know? and, and another one from the eighties I wanted to mention, um, I did, I glossed over the iron sheet really quick, but I wanted to mention him because like it fits into that foreigner, that group of foreigner gimmicks, you know, the, the angry yep. foreigner versus the United States, the tried and true done to death storyline. But What's what's interesting about him is uh, he got to be world champion. You know, he got to actually take this gimmick on a, on a grand stage. And you talk about household names like during that rock and wrestling thing, he was constantly seen. He was like the one of the faces of it. And um, it's just interesting because he couldn't really cut a like competent promo. His promos are so great. They're great. You talked about <laughs> one recently where because every promo is the same. He would. He would like blast whoever they were about to fight and then be like, look at my physique. And he would just like pose like yep. every it ended. Oh, God. It's so it generated funny. so much heat, though. Like just yeah. that gimmick. I don't know if that works ever again because it it's doesn't a different climate. It's because, you know, it was 
foreign heat, you know, like we rarely get that now. I mean, I'm sure you could still do it like because, you know, depending on who's being a tyrant and right, you know, geographically. Yeah. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, like it was, you know, the Russians were our enemy. Like they the haven't Russians, done a uh, Kim Jong Un. Uh, no, not yet. Sympathizer yet. Yeah, they probably not. they probably won't now that Vince is gone. But <laughs> right, Vince yeah, I mean, loved that shit. Yeah, and like Iron Sheik was a you know real grappler, like Olympic athlete. Like he could have just been a wrestler, but whoever thought of that gimmick was like, nah, man, we're gonna get you some real heat and like get you really over. And like to their credit, it worked. Like, yep, classic like world classy. champion. World champion. Um, another one really quick. I have two more from the 80s that I liked. Um, mm -hmm. One, and it was sort of 80s, 90s, but the big boss man was an absolute gimmick, even though he was technically a correctional officer, right? Or he was a yep. prison guard. So this is a guy. And that's who, another thing that Vince would do if he found out you were like previously, like even if it was for a month, you know, yeah. even Paul Bearer was like a. Mm -hmm. um what was he a mortician or yeah a, he was a funeral, a funeral director, director a whatever funeral director. it was yeah um you know so like he takes it and turns it up that's interesting and it's a cool i guess i don't think they do that much anymore maybe they do but like they'll they'll want to get to know you as a person and like i think it was the undertaker that talked about he uh he got a call from vince and uh it was something about like vince asked him well what can you do and I think Undertaker said something like, well, you know, I could sing a little bit or something like that. And he was he's like, I wish I didn't say that because, oh, you know, he almost got hit with another gimmick. But Oof. um, but yeah, Mr. Big Boss Man, I wanted to mention because he literally wore like the gimmick down to the ring, yeah. wrestled in the in the, you know, and a lot of these guys on this list wrestled in their occupational gimmick clothing. Yep. You know, we'll get into some other guys. I don't want to spoil it. And the last one I wanted to mention. Also the interesting on the boss man thing um because he was big bubba rogers previously he was jim Cornette's bodyguard in the nwa but it's interesting that they made like a prison guard a bad guy i was right thought. you know like i always thought that was interesting you couldn't do that now either. yeah i mean it's it's just weird like you know they're kind of you know they're doing force the law and no but i mean i don't think you could do the gimmick as a baby face now the baby face police no, officer no i don't think so either yeah especially if you're going to use a baton yeah so uh, i wanted to mention one more from the 80s the model rick martell because there is like a string of was gimmicks. that 80s i feel like that's 90 was that 80s i guess it's i guess it's 90s right 80s 90s it's late 80s early 90s late 80s, it, it, okay. yeah late 80s for sure he oh was, yeah you're right because yeah. like wrestlemania 4 he walks out on on tito exactly yeah so we're still in like the 80 okay. 88 we'll call it 88 okay. 89 but um that one because there's like a string of gimmicks that had to do with like modeling after him there's been so many that were related to that but i don't there's, think anyone's done one it right now there's I literally one right now maximum yeah male yep. models yep. But there but nobody has done it better than him like the uh i don't know if that was just dumb luck but uh vince brought that out in him because as a tag team guy like strike force and all like he was a super blazing baby oh face, my god yeah. he had a smugness about him once you yeah. finally heard him talk and once they flipped it i love the model yeah i know i mean i i thought about you because you know when we're doing our research like you look at like what people say you know as bad gimmicks and they said the model was a bad gimmick and i was like what like 
to me, like Rick Martel, once again, like had a great career previous to the WWE, like AWA mm-hmm. world champion, you know, like all credit, but like you get in front of that grand stage, like, and Vince puts him in neon and he looks like a million dollars. I mean, the dude was always in great shape. Like he cut hilarious promos, like, you know, the giant button. Yes, I am a model like the button, arrogance, the arrogance. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, I love that, too. So I'm with you. And I know that he's probably top 25. Is that fair to say for you? Yeah, right in there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's yeah, definitely right there because also he backed up the um, the gimmick with the talent and the athletic. Sure. Absolutely. Another guy. I mean, you know, great hand as they say you know great 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 hand and also it was cool to see that that gimmick was like endless because one week he could come out as the tennis player (laughs) or the next week he comes out dressed as whatever it's like there's so many ways i also love they did this for him and dibiase it would be like making his winter residence in coco beach florida i always love love that that is great detail man like that's why like back then that attention to detail mattered dude now, what really... is it then? What is it now? Because we talked about this last week. I was saying going the extra mile. You're talking about attention to detail. Like, what is it now, real quick, with current wrestling, where I feel like WWE will try it here and there with a gimmick, but fans will they'll just say it's not realistic or it's mm-hmm. it's silly or they automatically squash it. And yeah. um, I mean, look, I know the Karen Cross thing was completely out of left field putting out like you know the demolition looking thing on him and all that and everybody hated it and then they 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 killed it eventually and they got rid of it but it's like what what will it take for them to maybe try to embrace characters again and gimmicks do you think that can come back around or i don't know because like i feel like everybody cool guys everything now you know like you talk about how wrestling fans want to have fun but then like you know the cool guy shit that you know from 10 20 years ago like edge edge himself like clowns the brood and i'm like dude are you kidding like i was all in on the brood you talk to people about you know their favorite theme song their favorite entrances of all time and they mentioned the brood right like fondly oh yeah like so like i hate this cool guy bullshit attitude like I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because they haven't done any good gimmicks. I actually I think it's funny. The maximum male models like because that dude previously as Mace, I didn't give a shit about. And I certainly didn't care about Mansoor. Right. So, like, I think that's funny. The only thing I disliked is that they put Eli Drake in there with them. L.A. Knight, whatever, because I do. I actually like him. Like, Mm. I think he could be something cool. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I think that's a funny little gimmick. You know, I, I think people just um, everybody's too cool now, you know? Yeah, and I think guys pro wrestling's not cool. Like, it's silly. <laughs> like, it's guys that, you know, pop their underwear on and go and talk on a microphone and challenge the guy to meet him in a ring to fight. Like, if if we're having fun, let's have fun. You know, like, yeah, there's definitely a way to balance it all. I, I definitely get passionate about pro wrestling and take but i would i think everything should be taken seriously even if it is a silly gimmick like you should put your all into it and not like you said with edge like he would kind of crap on how oh yeah one time i was a vampire right upon a time and it's like bro that's why you are 
like where, you, where are. you are yeah exactly so um i guess I, what you're right though everything nowadays it's just the tone of the world like a lot of the movies in general like the big budget movies they make fun of themselves it's yep. that weird sense of humor where like they gotta be in on the joke obviously like i don't know i mean i won't get into the i think there's a place for that you know but not everything has to be like that right like the deadpool humor yeah like deadpool's great like mm-hmm. For Deadpool, that's that's great, you know, like because that's what he is. His character in the comics is like that. Like he would talk to the screen, you know, mm-hmm. like he broke the fourth wall. So like that works, but not everything has to be like that. Exactly. You know? So in the 80s, I want to ask you really quick as uh, just some of the worst gimmicks that, that come to mind. I'll give you a few of mine really quick. I don't think they're the same as yours. I want to say... And once again, some of these guys, now I look back on them fondly. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're all lovable in their own way, except for one on this list. But <laughs> few of them that are just out of left field, but Corporal Kirshner, <laughs> it just didn't work ever. Red Rooster. Ugh. What was that? And this one. I still don't know. I still don't know. This one, I know he was over, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. But Hillbilly Jim. Like the the dirt change. poor, <laughs> the dirt poor wrestler from Mudlick, Kentucky. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess it, it did. It even have a place in the 80s. Like I it, mean, I lived that. And I remember being like, who is this guy with Hulk Hogan? Just a fan. Like, uh, yeah, that's like, the way they presented get it. away from him. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree with you. I think Corporal Kirchner, because he was a poser. Right. Sergeant Slaughter left. And they needed a new Sergeant Slaughter. That's all that was. And wrestling fans smell bullshit, you know, and they weren't being fooled by that. Well, he I mean, I feel like he he actually just passed away uh, last year. So R.I.P. R.I.P. Corporal Kirshner. But it's not the man that I'm that I'm against. It's the gimmick. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. But I just feel like with him, um, he had another he was another one, I think, that had a previous like stint in uh, I think it was Stampede. He was someone else, and it was just interesting because I saw him with like Vince on these TNTs. You could see they were trying to get him to be something, but it never translated. Yeah. Um, he was on my list, and the last one on my list was Akeem because, <laughs> you know, George Gray, the guy who originally wrestled as one-man gang, but in somehow, some way, sort of like did a – I don't even want to label the gimmick. Was it? I guess it was the African dream. I mean, it was your stereotypical. You have seen like the transition of him to Akeem. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you get away with any of that now? Guys, you got to look this up. Just go on YouTube or whatever. Just search like birth of Akeem. Dude, it is. I don't know if you can get away with it now. No, absolutely not. The only thing that was missing was blackface. Right. It's absurd. Like I mean, he did the whole jive yep. thing. Yep. He was Everything. with Slick. Like Slick gave him like an only redeeming factor to not be, you know, universally, um, I guess, blackballed from WWE yeah. programming. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I just which, don't get it. I just you don't get like, it. Yeah. Dude, the one man gang. Like, how cool is that name? So one cool. of the coolest names ever. And he's a friggin house. You know, like he couldn't be the Twin Towers with with the boss man as Akeem. Like, what a mess. 
It was a mess, and not and that those are some of the ones I don't love. And from like the 80s. a not really talented guy, like for his size, like could move. Like yeah, did you ever see real quick on Saturday night's main event, him and the boss man both go into the ropes to to bounce off, and he falls out of the ring. Yep. Guys, yeah, that's a look blooper. that up. That's uh, hilarious. I just saw it like yesterday. It was I died. I watched dude, it five times. Great blooper. Yeah. So that was. So do you have any least favorites from the '80s that you want to throw my way? Or again, the '80s and '90s kind of like no, bleed in together. So no problem. I I agree with everyone that you said. Okay. The Red Rooster always bothered me. Number one because Terry Taylor was a super talented dude. And like, I always thought that he was really cool. And I actually talked to Zern. I think it was today about this. Like he's his thoughts were he thought that there were like too many kind of Ric Flair guys around at that time. Yeah, I agree you know, with, with the you, with, with the him. jacket and the, you know, whatever. But like he was so like technically sound like he could cut a promo. You know, like he was I smart. Just, he was cut. Yeah, like he was for sure. He's still he's still in the wrestling business today. I'm pretty sure he works for Impact now, but he's worked as an agent for WWE for WCW. Like, yeah, the guy knows the business. And I just was like, is this like a rib? Like, what is no one still knows what the Red Rooster is? Like, I've even looked it up. Like, I've been I've done investigative journalism on this. <laughs> like, and I'll I'll look up like guys that worked for the company at that time and like Jim Cornette was like, I don't, I have no idea what it was. Like, I think they were just fucking with him, you know, like I heard uh, t uh, Bruce Pritchard say, you got to be able to get anything over. And we gave him that and he didn't like it. So it never got over. Yeah, no shit. And I'm dude. like, bro, who wants to be a fucking chicken? <laughs> like, what, what are we saying? <laughs> like, yeah, good for Terry Taylor. Fuck off. They even put the brain with them, bro, to try yeah. to like, like make... they gave him a goddamn red spiked mohawk. Like, like yeah, like a rooster's comb. Come was, on, man. And like, they wanted them to strut here. like a Gotta rooster. Be, that's such a like bullshit cop out thing to say. Yeah, I don't. Any, you got to get anything over because, you know, have you ever heard the 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 one where it was like a little uh, creamer, like a non-dairy creamer and macho man, like yeah. someone said, you can't get this over. And he went out and said cream of the crop or mm -hmm. whatever, the cream of the crop, whatever. Totally different. That's great. But like, you want me to be a chicken? Right. Like, no, dude. Like, come no. on. No, that's, I, that's a company man I, bullshit thing to say. Yeah, you I know, don't like, I don't hate I don't hate Bruce Pritchard as much as some people. I, I, no, I, I don't hate him, but you can absolutely agree that he's a company man. That like, reasoning is that doesn't fly with me no, either like for him it. to say you don't because i do believe if you don't believe your gimmick we won't believe it like we said Absolutely. at the top of we this talked about but it. that but one who is, how does that get green chicken yeah, yeah. Like, whoever i'm a real live rooster <laughs> you know like what the hell dude come on give me and when you're making that gimmick bro it's like don't you want to create wrestlers that you could see in big matches or main events or draw money so to speak brother like, We've talked about it a million times how Vince came up with some goddamn million dollar ideas and then some were five cents. Five you know, cents. Like, well, who do you got? A, who do you got for um, some five cent ones from the 80s real quick or 90s or whatever? I, I got to go with 90s because I feel like that's where it Perfect. really kind yeah. of. We were we were the business was changing. 
guys started to use their real names and stuff like, you know, after, you know, Razor Ramon and Diesel left and became Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, like that really kind of started the thing. But some from the 90s that one, this guy actually had numerous terrible gimmicks, but the repo, repo, repo man. Mm-hmm. I literally never knew what it was. Thankfully, mm-hmm. when I was little, nothing got repossessed. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, so I was like, what the hell is a repo man? This he was guy a literal out, repo man. He was a little, he came out, he had a little, the black, you know, like burglar mask. He looked like and the old would, school Batman from yeah, the Yeah, he would uh, like 60s. creep around like to the ring, which was funny. Like you look back, it's funny. He would like slink to the ring and he had like this hook yeah. that he would like steal stuff with. But I didn't, I had no idea as a kid what the hell this thing was. Like it was... If for you guys that don't know, it was Smash from Demolition, Barry Darso, who uh, Demolition, you know, broke up and he became the Repo Man. And I remember when he would get like uh, eliminated from the Rumble or something, he would just look around (laughs) after he got eliminated and then like just run run away. (laughs) And it's like, bro, he was literally repossessing people's cars. They did. Yeah, I didn't know. Did you know what he was when you were a kid? Like. Uh, well, I knew that there was a um, dude. There was a movie, uh, Repo Man. Oh I think. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was my boy Harry Dean Stanton is in it. There's a yep. movie that's actually Young Emilio Estevez, but that, I do remember that that movie. You probably saw the that. cover and like you know. Yeah, West Coast I didn't video see or it in the in the time because I literally only watched wrestling when I was a kid. Right, but that's like has nothing to do with what the gimmick of the Repo <laughs> Man was. Because, I mean, it's funny because like yeah. we look back, you know, thirty years later, and we're laughing about it because he would like we both had the same memory. He would skulk around and like, yep. like you said, get eliminated and just run to the back. Mm-hmm. Like, but like that though, like he didn't care if he won or lost. Like, right? It's you like know? there was never anything, and he fought Bret Hart. Actually, yeah. on some of those like world tours well, or super Brett tapes, is the shit and would work with anybody. So yeah, and but but dude, it's funny you mention him because um I don't want to steal your thunder from any more from the eighties or nineties. Well, this was nineties, yeah, no, but we'll, we'll it's it's forth. Barry Dorso again. And do you remember <laughs> Mister Holland One? Do you remember him? Oh God! Because this dude not only portrayed a repossess repo man repossessing <sighs> a car, a golfer. That's a, more of our. He uh, was uh. It was Barry gimmicks. Darso. What was his gimmick name? Mister Hole in One. It was Mister Hole in One. Barry Darso. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was how he was introduced. Oh my goodness! And I remember watching Saturday Night sometimes. I swear to God, and I would actually <laughs> he would do a little putt like right in the ring. Uh huh. So Barry Darso, man. Yeah, that, if him. that's not entertainment, I'll he was tell also you, a Russian. He was a Russian at one point. Sure, previously, but that worked because until he talked, until he talked. Yes, I mean it worked. Could be he wasn't Russian. He was a Russian sympathizer. Okay, so they didn't present him as an actual Russian, right? And then obviously, Smash of Demolition. That's the best one. I think we'll agree on that because I fuck with Demolition. Yeah, yeah. But so here's another one on Barry Darso. The blacktop bully. The blacktop bully. Man, a man of many That's a gimmicks. guy with like, I mean, geez, dude. Yeah, dude, he's been around. The, and, and he's around a Hall of Famer. When he does so these signings. Him. Yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. One, no, not a WWE Hall of Famer. Demolition isn't in the Hall of Fame? No. 
That they're is not. a disgrace. Yeah, they are not in the, they're like at odds with the WWE. Oh, are they really? Something about legally, whatever, whatever. They have not been inducted into all that's things. that's gross. <laughs> they need to get them in, seriously. Because no, yeah, they do. Before they pass away. That's shitty, man. It definitely is. But um, yeah, man, he's had a long story career. I knew, you know, Barry Darso would come when he does these signings now, he seems to go out as smash. So like that's cool. You know, one of uh, many gimmicks. Also, um, in the 90s, I wanted to mention if you like, because you mentioned Razor really quick, like that gimmick was the, I guess, the peak of at the time they weren't doing as many. Like it was starting to tail off, but they came back around again with the vignettes oh and they, the bad accent. Yep. We have to mention in the 90s, like some of these gimmicks that did stand out for the for the good not only for the bad because no absolutely i I want to okay razor i have as one of my favorite gimmicks of all time for sure because like there's another guy scott hall you know good worker and it's crazy how much he changed you know his persona his look etc to get to where he was as razor moon because like when you look back at him in the awa days like he looks like magnum ta yeah, with the mustache. You know, yeah, and like he, you know, became the diamond stud and that that starred it because he did the toothpick, you know, like the whole thing. And then Vince, you know, grabbed him and made him do a bad Scarface impression, basically. But Diamond but, Dallas Page helped him out a lot with that, according to Razor, his own account. Did. He told him to grow the stubble out. Okay. Told him he did gave him the toothpick gimmick and so on and so forth. But um, he now, t- Razor, you fuck, you, you yeah, like the diamond stud though, right? Like pre- absolutely, I did. Yeah, yeah. There's um, guys that when I saw them, you can you're if come on any bozo can see Scott Hall looking the way he looks and be like, oh my god, like this guy's a mid Carter, right? Like what? Right. And Vince had the wherewithal to be like, oh yeah, this guy. He's money, you know, like, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, one of the, for sure. Yeah, one of my we'll, favorites. Yeah. When we get into our favorites are the best, I think we'll talk a little bit about more about racer, but some that I want to say, and I touched on this guy, Brian Clark, the Adam bomb gimmick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was also like early nineties. Were you intimidated? Did you take this guy seriously? Like, cause he had the, the green tongue or whatever from three mile Island. Yeah. Like they went the whole way. Yep. The gear had, you know, it had the bomb on it. Did you feel like, cause you know, some gimmicks you can't take seriously. We talked about the repo, man. You yeah. can't see him in a big match. Could you mm-hmm. see Adam bomb becoming more than just the gimmick or like transcend that? I, so Adam bomb was in WCW and I knew him in WCW he was the night stalker. Right. Um, so I always thought once again, like, look at the dude. He's huge. He's built like he can he can work like he could work. Yeah. Um, but when he became Adam Bomb, I'm even guilty of it. I was like, oh, that's kind of corny, you know, because I'm older than you. You right. saw him younger and you were probably like, oh, my God, this guy's scary. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, this is fucking Nightcrawl or whatever his name was. Man, Nightstalker. that's so interesting. You to know, me. like, yeah, but. But I did think he was cool. And when he got, I don't know if you remember, but like eventually Adam Bomb kind of just became Adam Bomb. It wasn't like the green tongue. Yeah. He was just like a wrestler. An named ass Adam kicker. Baum. An yeah. ass kicker. Yeah. And like when he did that, I was like, oh yeah, he's cool. Like as a good guy, I really liked Adam Bomb. 
Yeah, no, I think um, he – I don't know what capped him, though. Like, what stopped him from – I know, like, people will automatically say, well, he wasn't the best talker, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's been plenty of guys that got to the top that weren't the best talkers. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he wasn't the best worker, but there's plenty of guys. That, I just feel like he's one that stands out that I'm surprised Vince didn't go with on a deeper level. You know what I mean? Never had, like – a run in the rumble never got well, a, a big I mean, title match never had anything really he was you look who he was there with though like he was there with diesel razor macho was still there yoko Zin- i mean hogan was still there uh previously previously yeah um, adam bombs his 93 to 95 yeah, 93 so hogan left but you know brett sean diesel razor um Jarrett, who was Jarrett, a good worker. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Luger. The kid. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot, you know. But I just feel like, going it, on. yeah, I but mean, it's he, such a short career, too. He definitely looks like a Vince guy, for sure. Yeah, and they put Johnny Polo with him. I wanted to mention him because, yep. actually, I liked him. And we're talking about gimmicks. So, yeah. uh, Razor, Adam Bomb. And I don't want to skip too far ahead in the 90s. I'll let you have some. But mm-hmm. Mankind which mm. came a little later, but he needed to be mentioned here because I've been watching a lot of McFoley lately. And I have like such a, I don't want to say newfound appreciation. It's one of those things where after a guy is gone for so long, you forget about how cool they were. You forget about how important they were. You forget about how dedicated they were and passionate and all this stuff. And I'm watching like his biography and for him to stay so persistent with like his, I guess the hardcore stuff. But then when, like when he gets to the WWF, Vince was like, I don't want any of that crap. Like I can't have that on my television. I want to do this ridiculous gimmick. You're going to be in this dark dungeon. You're going to have a pet rat, you know, all this, you're going to be deranged. We're going to have the, the whole mask and all that stuff out and pull your hair out. I want to know, like, cause you, once again, you knew him. I knew cactus Jack 100%, yep. but mm-hmm. I did not, I guess, realized during those first few vignettes that it was Mick Foley. That's just me being a young kid. But mm-hmm. when you saw that gimmick, did you think they're like the Karen Cross thing? Did you think they're fucking ruining this guy? Well, before I say that, um, you're talking about like how you have this newfound appreciation, blah, blah, blah. It's also he got really corny. OK, like, at yeah. the, you know, because yeah. I I'm with you, dude, like. You know, everybody loves the rock and sock connection. Me and you wanted to throw up with all that. You know, he got super silly, super corny. So, like, you know, you kind of forget. Super successful, like, though. Like, yeah, for so sure. what do we know? Right. No, we, we don't know anything because, you know, we talk about it every week. We're out yeah. of touch. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I loved Cactus Jack. Again, these are. There's certain guys that when I first saw them, like I honestly always liked them. Like when I saw Cactus Jack in Texas, I always liked him. I always liked um, Steve Austin. I always liked Jeff Jarrett, like when they were young bloods, you know, and uh, Cactus, I thought was so good in WCW. And then, you know, it didn't work out there and he went to WWE and I was like that. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to fucking ruin this guy. Like, look at him. Like he looks like a cartoon. So you did think that he killed it. Yeah. Dude. I mean, awesome, dude. And like as a heel, and then he cuts that promo with JR to go babyface. 
you know, like mm-hmm. when you find out like he's a human being, you mm-hmm. know, like and you find out about like he didn't want to be this. He wanted to be dude love, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And like, he I'm took- with you, man. Like, I mean, talk about a guy that believed in it, you know, like, but he talk was like ab- all right, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do my best with it. And he knocked it so far out of the yeah, park. Absolutely. But I have to give credit to the WWF machine there because you said it earlier. It's going to be something I'm going to talk about every week on this podcast from now on, I feel like, because the attention to detail. Yep. I refuse to watch something like what they did with him from, you know, like the the classical string or like the music, right, where he would come out and then it would be a different song when he left. Um, that stuff, that detail it's not it's missing today like Mm -hmm. it's just not there and also the believing who you are he probably hated it when he saw it come through his fax machine but man he killed it he was so bizarre like the rocking back and forth um he played it so well he reeked the paranoia he just made me feel sorry for him but scared of him yep yep um curious about him everything they did with him the bottom line captivating captivating you know, i love it or bad yeah. you had to see what this guy was doing absolutely and it also led to great matches a great feud with the undertaker it led to I possibly the most talked about match ever yeah the hell in yeah. a cell match yep and um, that i mean non-wrestling fans like oh my god did you see this guy fall off the top of a cage you know him and sean dude that match is so good it's it's incredible. And so it I actually just, pulled out like a toughness in Sean. It did. It really, really did. There's so much about that mankind original. And um, you know, I, I know Cactus Jack is a gimmick and so mm-hmm. on, but that that one stuck out to me when thinking of Mick Foley. I love mankind. I'm because thousand percent with you. It's one of my favorites. So do you have any more real quick in the nineties um that you want to talk about for any Good or bad, best or worst. Uh, I have a lot. Yes. Give me just give me a few because we're going to get into some categories next that I think they're going to fall into. So a bad gimmick from the 90s that I just thought was ridiculous was uh, it also was offensive to me because there's never been a wrestler ever with my name in wrestling. And this was (laughs) the first one. And I was like, oh, great. Duke the dumpster drossy. A fucking trash man. That's my that's my guy. That's the guy with my name. Oh my so god. So I he wasn't very good. The gimmick wasn't very good. Um <laughs> what's crazy is like so it's I mean, what was that? 93 or 90 It was 93 or four. So if we it say four. it was 94. It's almost 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And like 30 years later, and they still use that gimmick in the WWE. It's true, which is which is crazy with Kevin Owens as a trash man. That's absolutely true. So yep. like it's it's amazing that that's still a thing, right? It's like um, I guess Kevin Owens he took a little from Hugh Morris, a little bit from Duke the Dumpster Drosy, and I mean this is this what is we get. what you get. This you throw it on now. the wall and it just slides down like poop. If it's any consolation, the only wrestler that had my name like as a first name, not like a John Cena or yeah Johnny was a spirit squad cheerleader. So, well, you have Johnny Nitro. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, but you know, just the name Johnny. Yeah. He was just, a cheerleader. Just, just Johnny. Just cheerleader Joe. and just a trash Joe. man. That's what we are. <laughs> Who does Frank? Does Frank have any? Frank has Frankie Kazarian. There we go. <laughs> I know he loves him. 
uh, current X Division champion. So there we go. You once uh, called him the most bland wrestler of uh, the modern I day. Did? Maybe it was Frank. Oh, I think Frank probably did. Okay. Another one. Speaking of bland, Skinner. <laughs> the bland? I don't the know, al- man. The alligator hunter. I mean, you once like again, this? I was scared of it. I like. All right, it. that's fair. You like you like Skinner. I do. That's interesting. I like this because, like, there were some gimmicks on like the worst gimmicks that I was like, really, I like that. So when we say like, I guess, hmm, I fuck. I like hate. it's funny. Yeah, I guess in hindsight, like he wrestled in <laughs> in the pants, in the flannel, like here, tobacco. just like you know, this guy hunted alligators. And then he's gonna pop by in. day by day <laughs> the WWF by, and like, that used to gonna... be the best part, right? Is like I'm coming from my job or my other world, and I'm yeah. gonna pop in to this arena, right? And we're gonna fight. Yeah, and I'm gonna I mean, go listen, back to my I believe him because he wore that shit. And I but you knew him as Steve Kern, right? You, you did know him. I did, yeah. And he was like he a did fancy. A... He was yeah, like a he fancy did a full, boy. A full three. Yeah, uh, he was like a fancy boy. He was like a, a fabulous one, right? Yeah, he, he was, was a Chippendale, former member of the fabulous one. So, so Skinner's one. He also lost to Owen Hart in like two point five seconds once. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. talked about Isaac Yankum DDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that is ridiculous uh, is a guy who was a wrestler, but once again, it is night. <laughs> I don't know if it was his day job or his night job. He was a hockey player, the goon. <laughs> We're going to get to the goon. So the goon would come in. He would throw his drop the gloves and beat people up. Mm-hmm. And that one, apparently the rumor is that that was they were going to pitch that to Chris Jericho. Yeah, you mentioned because that. his father played hockey. I can kind of understand that. Right. But if like, you're going to get literal with the it. goon is Wild Bill Irwin. Right, it a was cowboy, mm-hmm. and he, and they gave him the goon gimmick. So, yeah, that's a couple. I have a bunch, but well, I'll you know, they actually they capital. They were trying to capitalize at the time. There was a strike in the NHL. This is Vince's <laughs> logic. So he got Scott. We're Irwin. gonna get a hockey player here. He got Bill Irwin. Sorry, not his brother <laughs> Scott Irwin. He got Bill Irwin. Wild Bill Scott Irwin. Hog Irwin. And he signed him and saw an opportunity to catalog, capitalize Good on reason. the NHL strike and cast him as a hockey player. And it's like, Vince, like if you're <laughs> going to do that, what's your end game? What is your goal? He's going to win the Stanley Cup. Do you I think guess. that <laughs> his boots look like skates? Yeah, dude. Do you think like the New York Islanders fans? Or the Flyers fans are going to be like, shit, we don't have any hockey on. Yeah, let me pop this goon on. But this goon is wrestling, so we got to flip into WWF. Weird logic, man. While we're on the topic, can we get shift into a couple more sports-related gimmicks? Absolutely. I want to add, so you mentioned baseball player, MVP (laughs) slash Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, played by the, I guess you call him. Was that? Was that also during the strike? I think you're right. I, I think, think that was as well. Because I, I kind of remember Vince saying, and this guy, he'll never go on strike. You know, yes. like. So that logic was not once, like a but baseball. twice. Right. He literally became a baseball. He was a human baseball. Baseball. 
But he had a name, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Yep. And then changed to MVP. Then he was MVP. And so for those who don't know, there have actually been two MVPs in WWE history. There you go. That's true. Both looked completely different, by the yes, way. Yes, they did. And they had totally different gimmicks, if you will. But dude, portrayed by the great Steve Lombardi. And I Absolutely. say great because a man of many gimmicks, a man his tenure with the WWF to be all these ridiculous gimmicks, to be the job guy, and then to be in the office all those years. Oh, yeah. and like what good on him, man, like to Absolutely. go that far. I saw him in the 85, 86 uh range lately on with Vince on these shows. And you could like this young man who just loved the business. Yep. Who I'm not in the, you know, I don't love giving a reward to guys who just stick around, mm -hmm. but Dedication and loyalty, Steve Lombardi, who also portrayed Doink. Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown for a minute. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Brooklyn Brawler, we could call that a gimmick. Also, Kimchi at one point. Yes, he was Kimchi, yep. But um, another one in the sports-related gimmicks, and I, I don't know why. Real quick about yeah. Steve Lombardi. Yeah. He kind of became one of those, like, Vince Stooges, too. But... To his credit, I actually give him credit for being like a really loyal dude to Vince McMahon. Like, you know, because listen, man, I'm sure he has dirt on him and on right. that company for working there for, I don't know, 30 years. I don't know how long he was there, but 85, I mean, to 2005, maybe, right? 83-ish, actually, believe yeah, it or I not. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time and working in all those different aspects and in the office etc and like for him to never like do a shoot interview right or anything like that like i give him a lot of credit no i do too man I, there's something to be said about that but in 83 and like honestly if they put him in the hall of fame i would be cool with it yo i would too and you know why if for nothing else in 83 he was fighting house shows against like ivan koloff mm -hmm. and he eventually wrestled the rock like yeah for for to span all those years yep. you know obviously he was never the focal point who did point, he but... fight didn't he fight somebody like in their home in his hometown triple h okay he as a brooklyn brawler i think he even beat triple h or almost beat him okay. um correct me if i'm wrong in the comments but i know that he you know yeah he had i just think we had to mention him because he did portray so many no, gimmicks for sure but, yeah i agree and um, doink was one that you know, I think people would say was like a bad gimmick, and I disagree about that. Well, like, we had to get to Doink. Can you talk about him real quick? Because this is one of the gimmicks that is synonymous on any yeah, list. Yeah, and or... like, so is it's silly, right, to have a clown wrestling? But like, there's a lot of stuff with Doink that you remember, and like, there were guys dressing up as Doink years later. You know, so like, I don't know that it. Well, was it's like about a... how you depict the, the kick the clown, right? Because yeah. you remember heel. That was awesome. Matt Bourne. Yeah. Doink was yep. at first to me, I was full in on WWF at this point. And at first it was a distraction. It was like, yeah. even then I was like a clown wrestling. Yep. Like, yep. this is um, this is taken away from my Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Yeah. Or this is taken. Yep. So I even felt that way as a kid, but I guess I have to say, man, like I know people personally in my family, my cousin liked Doink a lot, yep. like yep. a heel Doink, the yep. music, the, uh, he had an eerie way about him because it was yep. the delivery of the man, Matt Bourne, I think. Yeah. And, uh, Brian Marvel, 
our buddy Brian Marvel loves loves doink. And I, I feel doink like or or all doink. He's just a weirdo and he loves doink. He loves all okay. doink. All right. Um fair enough. Shout out, Marvel. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that when you make like a mark like that, it can't be called a bad gimmick. Like Jericho ended up dressing as doink. You know, it's been done a few times, you know, and that's why another one from the eighties that didn't make the list that I loathe. I don't like the dude at all. Even like as you get older and you kind of like guys more, but the honky tonk man, mm-hmm. like that shit was dumb. An mm-hmm. Elvis impersonator gimmick was stupid, but mm-hmm. guess what, man? Longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Like whether I like it or not. Yeah. But like, I can't call that a bad gimmick if it was, it's successful. He it has a was. lot of defenders like, in our yeah. some of our comments and and um, even DMs and whatnot. I was getting people reaching out like, "You guys are crazy." Honky Tonk Man is one of the longest rating and he's the longest rating intercontinental champion. Yeah. And he uh, he got heel heat and they have their reasons. But yeah. but like you, um, even as I get older, I talk about distractions. Meaning, I can't see past how I guess ridiculous. Yep. that is yep. and um so i'm with you on the honky tonk man but but yeah, i really... couldn't call it like a bad gimmick you know because it it was successful in some yeah way well let's talk a little bit more about those gimmicks that are related to the music industry if we can because i want to talk about literally some of these topics or some of these categories if you will so the music I guess like they go back to it all the time. If I feel like, but you've had the honky tonk man, you've had Jeff Jarrett and the roadie. We'll lump those two together. Jarrett specifically was trying to use the WWF as a stepping stone. His day job was a country music singer. Yes. He would leave the studio, go to the arena, put on the tights, fight, leave and go back to making music. Yeah, that's like, a, that's a long day, man. That guy was really putting work in. Very long day, but sounds like he was spending his day working hard on the go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the hand on the The hands on the clock were probably spinning too slow, though. Yeah. But he could go home to his his baby. Yeah. He probably couldn't wait to go home to her. Yep. Well, he did. And uh, Jared's obviously a memorable one in the music. There's some, though, that I mean, it spanned decades. You had you because they still go back to it now. If you want to consider like, like, our truth is essentially tied to. I mean, right now on SmackDown, hit row, hit row. Um, we had three count once upon yep. a time. Um, one of your favorites, I know, PN News. PN News, the rap master. The rap master. I feel like if your gimmick is rap, you should at least make sure you can rap. Yeah, yo baby, yo baby, yo. <laughs> that was it. That was the That's highlight. All we got, man. PN News. How about Van Hammer? Oh goodness who eventually you know what's crazy also max Payne. i wanted to talk about him man mountain rock and he could actually play the guitar but no one gave a shit anyway (laughs) you know like because it's once again i mean that's like the whole go out there and have fun man like you know he got a big wwf logo on the guitar he was like a mountain of a man this is how vince would introduce him (laughs) a mountain of a man who loves to rock the house that's literally would come out of his mouth when he would be introduced to the ring and he was like in a bunch of vignettes and i love vignettes they they definitely but dude that only lasted a few months man Mountain. yeah i don't i don't even remember vignettes for him honestly well you talk like pn news sucked right Mm -hmm. but like 
it was the 90s. WCW was trying to, like, you know, be more relevant and that kind of stuff. So, like, it was a bad gimmick, but, like, I can't blame them either. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, like, uh, Max Payne, same thing. Like, you know, they got a rap guy. Here's a rock guy, you know, yeah. and then the Man Mountain Rock thing was just weird. Like, they, I don't know, they changed the way he looked. He was just... I don't know. It did not it was last all, long. No, it was but, but it's funny you say like the honky tonk man or doink. They are called bad gimmicks, but we we remember them. Now, yeah. Man Mountain Rock was a bad gimmick, and unfortunately, he's not talked people about or remembered remember a lot. Him. It's nah, just so so. There is something to be said about you know a gimmick standing the test of time. I guess. Um, last one on the music. Anyone in the comments, tell us more that I might forget here, but. Just made his return. WWE Elias. Oh, yes. The, he sure did. He's a gimmick, right? Yeah. Current day. Yeah. I would say Absolutely. that. Would you? I miss uh, the other guy, Ezekiel. I know, man. His brother. I actually liked Ezekiel. I liked Ezekiel, too. I don't know why I liked Ezekiel. He looked like an old school wrestler. That's why. I guess that's what it is, we're, man. We're that starved. For, we're, we're that starved. You know? Other, um, so those are like musicians. Let's talk about other. All occupations. right, hold on real quick. So we talk about the musicians. What's your favorite music? Oh, you also forgot about Men on a Mission. I see. Yeah, Men on a also, Mission. Also, once again, you should know how to rap. Exactly. Like Oscar was brutal. I remember like Oscar wasn't there sometimes and Mabel would rap and Mabel mm -hmm. could actually rap. So right. They should have just let him do it. But I guess yeah. they needed the M.O.M. So out of these, all these musical things, who was your favorite musical gimmick? Uh, can we talk? Can can I consider um, hmm. any musical guy? Come I, on. You know who it is. It's got to <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Jared. It's got to be J double F J double R E double T. No doubt. He he could work, you know, he and, could. That's, that's, and like that again. shit was funny, too. Like. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I no. really didn't hate it. And I know why I, I should have. But um, yeah, I feel like those those like, you know, musical gimmicks were one occupation. Other occupational gimmicks that we have to run through real quick. You mentioned Duke the Dumpster Josie. This garbage man yes. idea was literal garbage. Uh, T.L. Hopper, you introduced me at the top of the show. A plumber. Plumber by day leaves a residential plumbing job, goes to the arena. Once again, doesn't even get changed because I believe he wrestled in his plumber. Yeah, he did. He, he wrestled in his work attire. So he. I hope there. he washed his hands at the very least, though. For the gimmick, I hope he didn't because that could be a finish. That could be it's, a finisher. Smell my hand. <clears throat> you give him E. coli as a finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dean Douglas, I got to bring up. Oh, yeah. Man, Shane Douglas, yep. because this guy was a teacher. He was an actual teacher. He was. a teacher. He would draw up lessons to uh defeat dramatically incorrect mm -hmm. he would correct your grammar what do you think about once again shane douglas dude i knew shane douglas's face i knew him from dynamic dudes or whatever yep. it was yeah from like even from wcw um like my drifting in and out in the early 91 92 era but the dean douglas thing in 94 it took me a minute to to like place him because i was 12 11 but um what do you think when you saw that one, Dean Douglas? Were you once again like they're effing ruining this guy? No, like I liked him. Okay. So like I was I was on board with it, even though it was silly, like to give him like a you know, make him a teacher. 
but I like the guy enough that like I could I guess get past it. Okay. I mean, he fought Razor Ramon though, and I cheered against him because it's Razor. Well, yeah. I mean, but, he was handed the IC title. I yeah, think, and apparently uh, the click blackballed him. Weird how that turned out because yeah. I, I actually, in doing this research, I don't know how true it is. Originally, the Heartbreak Kid gimmick was put aside for Shane Douglas. Wow. Don't know if it's true or not, but it would be very weird to think that, you know, he not only didn't get that gimmick, which I don't yeah. think he would have done, done that great. No. But um, he also ended up leaving the company because of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. But there's a guy that had a shit gimmick and he bounced back and totally reinvented himself, you know, like, yep. Totally so. reinvented himself. He looked cool. I liked the half singlet, the yeah. powder blue. Yeah. He wore the robe. Yep. Um, 95 to 96, not even a year. Actually, he was in the. WWF yeah, I, I know it was really brief, super short. He would give was you a report he in card. ECW and then went to WWE and then went back to ECW or yes. did he come? Okay. Yep. 100 percent okay so he actually had already established the triple threat like okay. the birth of extreme 93 94 and then he went back to wwf sold out if you will okay yep and um you know he did the whole thing with razor once again uh it was kind of like me as a kid and i thought it was a good gimmick i'll say it i didn't mind yeah, it i know I people hate it yep. uh and he was not the only teacher in the wwf ever remember the other teacher, another teacher, and he was a legit shoot teacher. He was not gonna. Teacher. Oh, Matt Stryker. Yeah, your yeah. teacher. Big fan I, of Matt Stryker. Me too. Think he delivered the hell out of that gimmick. All right, more gimmicks. Good commentator Ready? too. Great, great commentator. Occupational gimmicks. I'm gonna throw two at you that I know you're gonna want to speak about because I know you. I think you you really like one of these guys. The other guy I know you have love for. One, IRS accountant. <laughs> the other, Bob. Spark plug, Holly. Oh, Thurman Sparky plug. Stock car racer by day, professional racer by night. <laughs> um, Thurman plug. What did you think about these two gimmicks? Which was even worse, like Thurman Sparky plug. What's worse, Thurman plug or Sparky? Thurman plug, plug is worse. I agree. Have you because ever heard of the name Thurman? Who do you, Thurman Thomas, right? Thurman Thomas. Like, have you ever met someone in life named Thurman? Hey, Other Thurman. Than- other than Thurman Thomas, no. Exactly. So come on. There Bob, was a Bob Holly's the better name. Uma Thurman. Yes, Uma Thurman. But that's a that's a that's a last name. Um. Uh. Yeah. That was shit. Both of them. Bob Sparkplug <laughs> Holly and Thurman Sp- Sparky Plug. And he wasn't like because sometimes if they have the gimmick, if they're cool, you can still like them. But he wasn't even cool. Well, he would so, do like, those vignettes, and it would show him like at the race racetrack, yeah. and he mm-hmm. would say like you know. My friends call me Sparky. <laughs> he would like try to endear himself to fans. And yeah. I know NASCAR and like wrestling, unfortunately, they overlap oh, sometimes. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, they do. Fans drift in and out, right? But um, those debut vignettes, I hated them when I saw them. I didn't like him when he... <laughs> but then, dude, he started to distance himself from the name. And, yeah. you know, eventually I did come around on Bob Holly. Of course, when he was hardcore Holly. I really... Yeah. I, liked I mean, him. I never... He never cared fine. about him. He was fine. Like, I didn't hate the guy or anything, but I don't give a shit about hardcore wrestling. So was he better? Th- Let me ask you this. Was he a better worker? Was he more believable if you put him in a world championship match than Kevin Owens? Uh, yeah, absolutely. OK, because he was a good soldier. Mike Zern yeah. that yeah. never got his big yeah, moment. Yeah, let's reward this guy, too. What's he? What no, about the other no, one? What? 
I'm thinking back now. I did like hardcore Holly like after the hardcore bullshit went away. Like when he fought Brock, I right. thought that was a big missed opportunity. Honestly, him and Brock, like when he hurt, um, his neck. Yeah, when he broke his neck or whatever. But like he, they, he he main evented or he fought a world title match against Brock at the yeah, Rumble. Yeah, but I felt like it could have been like something Can't, a little can, more, you know. Yeah, they didn't. But, they, they, it was like a one-off or whatever. It was quick. Yeah. And then IRS, I mean, obviously that gimmick is awful. But, like, <laughs> tell me he didn't get heat, man. Like, fans hated him. Like, he was arguably at that time in, like, 95 where there's not a lot of heels. He was arguably their most over heel in that company when you go back and look. Yeah, you uh, just watched all that. Yeah, great wrestler. It's crazy because, like, Mike Rotundo, this blazing baby face, like, U.S. Express member. Barry Windham, yeah. Yeah, goes to the NWA, joins the Varsity Club. He's such a prick. Like, dude, he was – I hated him. Like, he was so unlikable. Mm -hmm. And, like, so that means something, you know? And then that gimmick was obviously ridiculous, like – Again, I, I guess Vince's thinking was, well, nobody likes to pay taxes. Yeah, but kids don't know about taxes. Exactly. <laughs> I was young. I, dude, and it's 91. So as soon as I started watching wrestling, which is weird because, like, I watched wrestling at 91. He was there already. Like, I feel like he came later, but he was really already there. And it's wow. just, like, I didn't know anything yeah, about. Yeah, I think of him more as, like, 93-ish. No, yeah, dude. He was yeah. there in 1991. He was on, you know, big, big team, Survivor Series teams and whatnot. But I didn't know anything no, about I, taxes. I, I think. Didn't... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just I didn't know anything about being a tax cheat or paying my fair share <laughs> or any of that stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm like, he's wrestling in a suit or, you know, all I remember about it is. So I guess for me, attire is so important. If yeah. you're wearing shit like that, it's yep. very hard to ever see you in a big yep. match. That's yep. just, and I think we're the same. No, um, yeah, for sure. So other than some of the funny moments we got from Bobby the Brain Heenan's commentary that I know you love. <laughs> he's got him by the tongue. He would step on his tie <laughs> and Bobby would say he's got his tongue. Other than that stuff, man, it's once again, a distraction. Like when he's in there with Bret Hart or Razor Ramon or yep. The Undertaker. Yep. You're distracting me. And it's mm -hmm. such a shame because Mike Rotunda, Rotundo, yep. the wrestler was so effing good. So and good. You can debate, though, whether or not they could have came out with something better for him. Well, they definitely could have, right? Absolutely, right. Like, because you said it got a lot of heat, but they yeah. probably could have gotten something even. You want a ringmaster? There you go. That's excellent. Who the hell's a, who, who's more of a ringmaster than a college wrestler? man you know re yeah rebook that yeah that whole thing but right no there. that gimmick was obviously awful but he took it though and moved absolutely. it on he, you know he it was great it was great for him and then you know he's basically a main eventer as him as irs and then he has a tag team title run with the million dollar man like mm -hmm. which was awesome like they hold you know wins over awesome tag teams like the steiners etc yeah um, and I don't know. The gimmick was awful. But once again, when the dude is so good, like Mike Rotunda, I just I think he's just so great and so underrated. So it's 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 once again because of because of that attire yeah, and that no, gimmick. Sure, and the gimmick, yeah. I won't say, but 
Because even though when he went to WCW and took it there, VK Wall Street, Mr. Wall yep. Street, Michael Wall Street, whatever you want to yep. call him, he like, do you remember how bad his gear was even then? Yeah, like, but he, he at least popped a singlet on. Did pop the singlet on. You know, he wasn't still wearing a full ass suit. Yeah, he's one that we had to mention. Um, a, a current occupational gimmick. I'm going to give you a 10 second quiz to, to give me a current occupational gimmick. Played by a female. Mm. Oh, uh, well, is it a gimmick if you're an actual dentist? That's what I'm wondering. It's an occupational gimmick. She's the DMD. Yeah. It's I not it's... a gimmick. That's why it works for her and it didn't work for Isaac Yankum. <laughs> right. That's Britt true. can do no wrong. She's the biggest female star in that company to me. Uh, I'm with you. So. Yeah. Let's talk about really quick. We're going to run through some of these, but... um, Another... I want to... What's Real that? Quick, while yeah. we're on the subject of AEW, Orange Cassidy. I want to talk about. Him I don't eventually. know what his gimmick is. But... I asked you that <laughs> when I first started watching AEW, and you're like, "He, he's the guy that doesn't care." That's I had gimmick. someone say, "What's the lazy guy's name?" Lazy guy. So, yeah. Well, he's a current gimmick in wrestling. I don't know what his gimmick is, but we have to call it a gimmick. Me neither, right? but it works. Do we call it a gimmick? Um, yes, I'll tell you this. I will have a W.A. Oh, a W.A. I wish A.E.W. on what I'm watching. And there mm -hmm. are casual people that will walk by and watch. <laughs> and that guy has something because casuals like him, like mm. even casuals. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like drawn. Well, because he's funny. Yeah. Once and again, I you want to have fun. You can't look away. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, Listen, I don't hate Orange Cassidy at all. I don't either. Like, I, I definitely think he does have something for sure. Um, It's not like, you know, we talk about all the time. I think pro wrestling is there's different forms of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a form of, you know, that's a form of pro wrestling, like it or not. Yeah. I mean, look, if nothing else, um he he gets the crowd involved right so yep. that's a current gimmick let's talk really quick about a few gimmicks that are kind of centered around mental health they got i got a, a screw loose if you will uh you could even say they're missing they're the missing link right oh. so let's talk about real quick some of the guys that have portrayed like these like the wild characters i'm going to run through names you can talk about them if you will i'll have a little bit to lend to some of them but like george the animal steel and the missing link. Let's start with them because they're a little My. bit more old, old school. What do you, what do you think? Of, aside from ramming his head into his opponent or on the turnbuckle, both of these guys, by the way, did that. Like the well, turn, George Steele ate the turnbuckle, but yes. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think about like George the Animal Steel because he couldn't work. You could say he couldn't talk because he didn't talk, but he still remembered. Yep. Iconically, was it the hairy back? Was it the eating the turnbuckle? Was it the green tongue? What what was it with uh... So the missing link, I actually was young when I first saw him. Okay. So that was one that I was like, oh my God, this dude's like scary, you know? Because he had like a green face and like the weird hair, like they would pull and like headbutt you with. So I saw him in like mid south wrestling, I wanna say. But then he ended up turning good. Mm, yeah, very so, random. Like, yeah, so like I was, I don't know. I never, 
I thought he looked cool. I liked his boots. He had like the furry boots and stuff. But he could besides that, I was never like a big fan. Georgie Animal Steel, I never liked. Um, especially because he was feuding with the Macho Man. Mm. And I was like, get this dude away from the Macho Man, away from Elizabeth, and away from the Intercontinental Championship. Like immediately. Like I never was a fan of that dude and he was also older when yeah. you were yeah he looked walking. like an old ass dude he looked like he was 70 like running around like trying to get elizabeth well what's funny is he was younger than chris jericho when wow. you first is now when you first that? started watching he was like 47 48 wow. in uh 85 but uh, i told you something recently about like they were doing electroshock therapy on him yeah, yeah. captain lou albano was trying yeah. to get him to like i guess become uh not so so crazy but dude through the years um let me not gloss over one though i want to ask you about this guy mm -hmm. because is it a gimmick i watched a very dark side of the ring episode this was like the darkest dark side of the ring the bruiser brody episode mm -hmm. the other day first of all very hard to sit through because desensitized you know i'm desensitized to some of that stuff but um king of all brawlers all that stuff but was bruiser brody a gimmick because he was deranged clearly like on screen off screen yeah. this dude this frank goodish like in his interviews he's like a, spoken like a scholar yeah but like do you think of bruiser brody as a gimmick no i don't i think of him as just an ass kicker you just know a, just a brawler yeah. and it's a shame obviously what happened to him is a shame obviously but like i feel like he could have been enormous yeah you know, well, he like was he enormous just, over there. He was. Yeah. But I, I just feel like here even like he could have been like huge. Do you but... think he? Yeah. You think he would have like shifted over to the WWF? eventually? Yeah, I don't or know. Like, like I don't I say that, but I don't know how or where, you know, like I don't see him as a Vince guy for sure. Right. But I just think he just had something, you know, like he had it and. He was believable. I believed he was crazy. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's too bad. Obviously, as a human being, what happened to him is awful. It's terrible. But it's, like, it's just too disturbing. bad as a as a wrestling fan that we didn't get to see. You know, like Magnum TA, where he would have gone. Right. You know. Well, Bruiser was forty two when he died, <laughs> and terrible. you know it was nineteen eighty eight. So by I think if Vince would have brought him in, he would have already brought him in by then. Yeah. And I know that. Um, anyway, I just wanted to ask you about Bruiser Brody because he inspired some of these other guys. Like I wanted to mention the Berserker. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about these gimmicks that are See, kind of that centered around mental. straight up. That's a that's a gimmick, though. But he stole some stuff from Bruiser. No, like, for sure. Yeah, but he's yeah. a Viking, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Which they their version of what a Viking is. Was yeah. Different or than a what barbarian, a real Viking. whatever he is. Yeah. Because a real Viking, I believe, was like, you know, supposed to be in Viking culture was like a skilled warrior. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't he, that like this guy was not that because no, um, he didn't even know the rules. He would throw guys over the rope and get DQ'd. Yeah. But, which uh, I thought was hilarious. You know that he wouldn't even win matches. No, he would, he would he, get disqualified. Right. Or win by count out. Win by count out was, but usually... if you throw a guy over the top rope, it's a DQ back in the day. Yeah, right. That's so, people don't even realize that now. Nope. So these are some other ones, really quick, centered around mental health, if you will. Norman the Lunatic. Oh goodness. Nails. And more recently, Eugene. Ugh. All of these gimmicks, bro. 
other than nails, because I want to leave him for a different conversation, but like, what do you expect? How far can you take That's an that? occupational gimmick? He was I was going to say, is it occupational? Yeah, is it your occupation to be a prisoner? I guess so. Yeah. Um, but dude, the Eugene gimmick, I don't even know how much we need to talk about it. One of my least favorites, because we're going to talk about least favorites of all time. Eugene and another more current one. Just so, this like, dude, he's fighting in semi mains against Triple H. You know, um, he's just taking time away from so many guys. And it's also, you know, it's kind of like insensitive. Absolutely. You know, like the guys like because the contrary point is, well, you know, he's like a special needs guy, but he's actually like succeeding. But still, you have a guy playing a special needs person. And I don't know, especially now, it certainly wouldn't work. I mean, Dustin Hoffman played rain man right Right, but it's it's different i don't know wrestling always blurs that line right they yeah. make it real when they want but when it's time to say it's just a show we yeah. can say it's just a show i wonder how they pitched it though because your version sounds good like he's yeah. overcoming the odds yeah yeah but and do you feel like happy for the guy nick dinsmore to get over and have his I mean, 15 minutes is it like look, good for him man we i mean the guy was on the indies and you know he never did anything you know, of substance. He won probably regional titles. Isn't that stuff wild? like that. Now he's like main eventing against Triple H. So I mean it's so good wild. for him. I, I'm listen, w- I'm never gonna hate on somebody for improving their life. Right. Good for him. I just think like especially now, like I don't know, it's kind of offensive, you know. Especially now when you look back. But even then, yeah, it was like it just didn't feel right. I guess that's the best way you could say it. And it was corny then. And on top of all of it, it was corny and it wasn't good. And, and you know, but um, a more recent one that I mean, this dude was committed to the gimmick. And at first, every single person in the wrestling business and wrestling fans thought this was absurd, ridiculous, stupid, broken Matt Hardy. Oh, my God. It was a gimmick. And he would go on podcasts and on TV, on interviews in gimmick. He was dedicated to it. I can't believe he got it over like he did. You know, I'm a Matt Hardy mm-hmm. fan for life. And um, I know it was the only thing I wanted to watch in, in uh, TNA. Like, that was the only reason I watched their show yep. at the time. So I think you may have even, like, texted me, like, yo, you got to see this, like broken matt hardy thing yeah what'd you think of matt hardy like reinventing himself with that gimmick in the modern day he got it over and like how far he took it and it was like super dumb like super dumb but like i couldn't stop watching it you know so like i loved it like i remember showing my ex-girlfriend and she was like oh my god what is this (laughs) I'm like, it's broken Matt Hardy. And like she, again, couldn't turn away, you know, so like there's something to it. And then, you know, Jeff ends up getting broken, too, and deleted and whatever. And I loved it. You know, it was weird because it was like, I don't know why I'm watching this. You I know, think it was like I, a. I think what, what the best part of it was the reason maybe I was so gravitated towards it is because like I'm all about anything that takes place off-site usually Mm -hmm. like if you take me out of the ring which i love a wrestling match but like he was taking you to that compound (laughs) he was doing the cinematic matches uh that's why i was before it was a thing by the way 
before it was a thing. And I just thought it was all from his mind, which for better or worse, you know, it, it was like not always perfect, but um, it got so ridiculous that anything they, he did worked. They teleported. They teleported. They, they would go and teleported. Yeah, dude. I feel like um, it's just it shows that if you stay committed to a gimmick, even now, you can get it over. You yeah, can do people it. People loved it. People loved it, man. People it was it. it was arguably the biggest, the most talked about thing in, in pro wrestling at the time, too. It and made me so happy I loved for him. when he and Bray became a team. Me I too. absolutely love that. Me so. too. It didn't they didn't, you know, of course they didn't deliver it the way it should have been no, delivered. Of course not. But at but, least um, they won. Yeah. But I was super happy for him because, you know, I've always loved him. But even when he had the delusional version one, Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. which you could oh, say yeah. is a form of like mental illness or something because yeah. he was out there. But, you know, that was over and it got with st- the Matt facts. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. But um, he's really an underrated guy. He really does have a really good mind for the business. And I, I don't know. I feel like people just don't. Hopefully in AEW, you know, once he's done, he can become like an agent and help these dudes. Because I really do think he has a great mind for wrestling. He absolutely does. And he's been everywhere and done everything. Yep. Um, for the most part. So, yeah, I love the the broken Matt Hardy thing. But that lift that shifted into Bray Wyatt, who was like a dark character. I want to talk about, you know, we got to go through some of these dark gimmicks. Tis the season. It's Halloween. We got all these guys. I'm going to name some. And you're going to just you're going to probably chime in with a few that I don't mention because there's been so many guys that tried to portray like a, you know, a dark, eerie gimmick. We'll start with like some of the guys from the earlier days, like Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan was, you know, according to everyone, he was he was a Satanist. Like this dude was getting real heat. You know, Um, I don't know if you were familiar with him during that time. You know, we're not talking about Taskmaster, Kevin. No. Um, So that was in like Florida. Correct. That was down in Florida. No. So I saw him. My first exposure to him was in the NWA. Okay. He was like kind of a tweener then. Like he would wrestle. What years would they be? Like was that like 86? Yeah. 86, 87, maybe because he was with Florida championship, like 82 to 86. Yeah. So like, I remember him like cutting promos on like Ric Flair and being like, this fucking guy doesn't what? Like Mm -hmm. he has no, like he shouldn't even be in the same room as Ric Flair, you know? But then he eventually became the games master, Kevin Sullivan. So he, he was like kind of a creep and uh, he formed like the varsity club. Right. But like he was a creep even then because he kidnapped Jimmy Garvin's girlfriend, Precious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, there was like a Tower of Doom match and stuff. So like, yeah, he actually did creep me out. I did think he was like, oh, this dude's like, there's something off about this guy, you know? Yeah. When I would see like the the Dungeon of Doom stuff, it was way past what you're talking yeah, about. That was more cartoony cartoony. But yeah. as I as I got access to the Florida stuff and was able to see it over the years. Yeah. That was his real like Satanist stuff. Like yeah, they literally the of had, darkness. Like they um like brainwashed the girl and like were gonna like sacrifice her or something. I yeah, remember it was, I was all... watching it and they like cut the, the camera they, or whatever. They cut... Yeah, they tried to portray like the occult stuff. Yeah, was was definitely he was a cult leader. 
the Prince of Dark. The problem with Kevin Sullivan that I've had always is the accent. Oh. That yeah, that he's that he's a sh- you know he's a shrimp, but yeah. the 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 Boston accent, like, it's hard for some guys to to kind of pull off, unless you're really gonna master the art of an accent and, ch- and change how you speak. Did you did that ever distract you with Kevin Sullivan? Like even when he was doing the, I uh, remember when I was a kid, like he had an accent, and I remember it like thinking like, oh, this guy sounds different, but. Not to the point where I was like, you know, you distracted or anything. Did you believe him as a? I did. I okay. I because I felt like he was crazy. Yeah. Okay. You know, like not playing crazy. You thought he was crazy. Yeah, I thought he was like nuts. Like he mm-hmm. would sacrifice somebody. You know, like. Yeah, that the uh, he he created a lot of panic for sure. But um, I wanted to mention him, and then obviously we have to talk about some of the guys that appeared in the WWF other territories that these guys were in, but I don't know if you could call this gimmick dark, but Bam Bam Bigelow was obviously looked the part of like a darker gimmick. He was portrayed as a baby face early on, but like, do you think of Bam Bam, especially like when they started doing the fire, like he was all about fire. Yeah. Yeah. They dressed him up and he shot the fire out of his wrist. Yeah, and and every vignette he appeared had fire behind him. And it was like, um, Bam Bam. I wanted to just, I'll throw some names at you. Bam Bam, Papa Shango, Mm -hmm. Waylon Mercy. We're going early 90s here. Yep. These guys all tried to portray like a creepy vibe and um, I guess like create that uneasiness in in the wrestling fans and whatnot. Do you feel like those gimmicks were right gimmick wrong guy or do you feel like they worked and they cut them short how do you feel about specifically papa shango waylon mercy well real quick bam bam bigelow i don't consider a gimmick because i just feel like it's again just an ass kicker okay you know like i don't know i just feel like he was a big bad ass kicker like What's his gimmick? He's a fire well, he, guy. Like yeah, you know, fire, literal like, WWF tried to do literal yeah. fire on his head. He's a no, fire I, guy. I love Bam Bam. I don't think of him as like a gimmick guy. Okay. Uh, Papa Shango, I loved. Um, I think it was way cooler than The Godfather ever was. Agreed. Um, again, <clears throat> the business was changing. It was the 90s. We were getting into more like real names and stuff but i don't know can you call it unsuccessful like because the stuff he did with the warrior was super over like you watch the crowd and like people look scared of this dude well what was what was what didn't work like why would people say that gimmick didn't work i know what i'm saying i don't know why they say that because to me who lived it who watched it like me too i was scared of this dude i thought he was gonna like you know sacrifice somebody do some voodoo stuff to the warrior man like he had black stuff running off of him even mean gene got affected by it mean gene had black stuff leaking out of his sleeve man Mm -hmm. so like i don't know like if it was i don't know i don't have an answer for why they cut that short that i thought it worked yeah he was doing the rituals again the occult stuff um and he was scary dude big dude coming out with that huge cape and like the smoking skull like the cane Mm -hmm. like he was tied up yeah i thought he was cool he spoke he spoke sort of like in tongues or under his breath yeah when i was a kid once again we're talking 1992 nine years old 
I'm legitimately afraid of Papa Shango. Yeah. And I was legitimately taken back when like he put the spell on warrior or yeah. even on the jobbers, like he would come out and they would start to vomit, you know, yep. like, um, I don't know, man. I feel like something, whatever cut that short was the wrong move because he could have did. I feel like when you're talking about guys like the after him, Yokozuna, like guys that reached the main event level, I think you could have totally ran with Papa Shango in that gimmick uh, I know he was a friend of Undertaker. He came in WWF on recommendation from the Undertaker. Man, you're telling me that's not a feud built in him and Undertaker, right? But no, like, instead you have Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, yeah. and it was just like, yeah, Papa Shango was super cool. I think, um, but there's a guy that you know people call Papa Shango a bad gimmick that ended up, you know, going into another gimmick, like you said, Kama. And then eventually the Godfather, who everybody loved, and he's a Hall of Famer now. So there's another oh, guy that. Yeah. The Wrestling Observer in 92 voted Papa Shango worst gimmick and most embarrassing yeah. wrestler. Crazy. I don't know, man. I, I guess some things that just go over, you know, my head, I guess. But what, what do you think about Waylon Mercy? The, like the Cape Fear. Waylon Mercy, we had to mention because we talked to Frank and this was one that he. In his own words, Waylon Mercy crawled. So. Bray Wyatt could walk or walk so he could run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, without Wayland Mercy, there's no Bray Wyatt. Right. Um, Wayland Mercy was super cool. I think that he was over people's heads. Well, first, before we get to the gimmick, yeah. did you yeah. know Dan Spivey? Did you oh, know yeah. that was yeah. Dan Spivey? I did. You know okay. my hatred for Danny Spivey, the golden boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Danny Spivey. You know him was... from like what? The Crockett stuff or where did you yeah, know? Yeah. So like, no, I know him from WWF. So he was in WWF, the golden boy, Danny Spivey. He mm-hmm. replaced uh, Barry Windham in the U.S. Express when he left. And then he ended up going to the NWA. He became a part of the varsity club. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he was a skyscraper with Sid. Yeah. And then after that, he moved on to the WWE as uh, Waylon Mercy, who was basically, if you've ever seen the movie Cape Fear, yeah, he was a ripoff of that. Um, 100%. But I mean, I just think he was over people's heads. I, I think he was, uh, I mean, he talked cool. Like, I think he had the dialect down, um, but people people didn't dig it. I, I do think it was people didn't get it. That's what I think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because like the the Max Katie, the the character in Cape Fear, mm-hmm. that was like 91. And then WWF brings this character. Wow, wasn't in. that late? The, the movie was 91. 91. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Seems I watched that recently, that. man. And there are a lot of uncomfortable scenes in that. Oh, movie. yeah, for sure. Juliette Lewis. Oh, yeah. But um, that was 91, and then they bring in Waylon Mercy in 95. Wow, like, really? Wow. Did, did Vince later. just see... Well, I know he probably never seen a movie in his life, yeah. but did someone like four years later... It's not even like it was topical. It's just interesting. Yeah. But um, like Katie, like he he had the whole game, the gear with the Hawaiian shirt. Yep. I think you're right as the far tattoos. as... Yep, yep. Uh, but he would do those vignettes. The lives are going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. Not um, of me. Yeah, calm, sinister. Yep. I loved it. Um, and he would come out like waving to the fans and like, you know, yeah. being cool. Yeah, it I thought it was super cool, man. I think it only lasted a year. Yeah. Sometimes people don't get it or it goes over people's heads or whatever. Yep. Um, he there's he actually... a lot of good television that has been canceled, you know, 
pretty quickly because it's just too smart. Sadly, sadly, that's the truth. And I think it was, a, it was like a sophisticated probably subject matter or whatever mm-hmm. for that crowd. I, I was 12. I was into it though. So, you know, yeah, I don't I'm know. sure he was scary. He was, but he was cool too. Believe yeah. it or not. Like I thought he was cool. Like um, charismatic, like Max Katie. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah, he never unleashed the full like you know how Max Katie would eventually like let loose and go like yeah. off the rails. Yeah, Waylon Mercy was always cool, calm, yep, sinister. But yep. um, I loved Waylon Mercy too, so we had yeah. to mention him. But let's talk about some other ones real quick from that side, uh, the dark side. We had we talk about Vampiro all the time, but he's in there, Gangrel, Vampiro, or sorry, Vampiro, Gangrel, Kevin Thorne. Mm. Who are all similar? Let's just talk about those guys for a minute. They're all th- all three of them similar. Yeah. Similar world with the vampire stuff. Gangrel, another guy, lived the gimmick, is the gimmick. Yep. Owned the name Gangrel, even. Yep. Um, legit fangs, shoot fangs. This dude, I think, was Gangrel, they he didn't own that name. That well, was White owned Wolf. by White Wolf, yeah. White because Wolf. he he doesn't compete as Gangrel anymore. My bad. Okay, but yep. I know he like the you know how WWF owns everyone's name. Yeah. He was one of yep. the few guys that they wouldn't, they didn't have his name. Yep. Um, but he did own the gimmick or yeah. at least the oh, look. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And lived it. Yep. So we have to talk real quick about these three guys. We have talked about Vampiro a lot. Not a vampire, literally, but his name, El Vampiro. Yep. Gangrel and Kevin Thorne. What do you think about Gangrel as far as wasted potential or wasted opportunity? Do you think he got you know, was where he was supposed to be, or could you have seen him higher up the card? I mean, I think they're all similar, but all very different. Like, Gangrel was presented as a literal vampire. Right. Like, I always, you know, thought of him as like a Lost Boys type thing. Oh, really? Yeah, like he recruited the little brother of Edge, you know, um... And but didn't un- dress as cool as like he was more of a classic, no, yeah. like uh, yeah. gothic. Sure. But I did think of him as like a vampire, though, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I mean, once again, talk to people that watch wrestling at that time. Oh, man, I love Gangrel. His entrance was awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I love them. You know, my love for Gangrel. Yeah. But unfortunately, <clears throat> you hear stories now where he was just there to get edge over. I just don't buy that. Yeah. So. I don't buy that because he was introduced before Edge and it felt like Edge was on a different trajectory with that yeah. gimmick, like the, you know, Jim Morrison lost soul thing walking mm-hmm. the streets. I think that's revisionist history, man. I don't know, man. I feel like yeah, I don't something know. happened. From I heard I've that read too. Or heard, yeah. But I love Gangra. I thought he was super cool. Um, he's should still be a uh, European champion, <laughs> by the way um look that up so i i don't know i thought that was a missed opportunity he wasn't great in the ring but it's not all about the ring he looked like so cool yeah like scary you know the presentation him spitting the red viscous liquid the blood baths you know (laughs) like all that stuff and then vampiro was only in name he was like a punk rock dude you know what you but, say? He uh, used a gimmick. I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I think he was just a 
cool ass dude that painted his face. You know? I mentioned like, like dark gimmicks, dark yeah. entities. I mean, he was I definitely guess you could put him in that group, right? Side, sure. Like, yeah. um, but I mean, he had it because, at least according to the three of us, right? We all love Vampiro. I mean, I I was captivated by that dude the moment I saw him. I was like, oh my god, this dude's super cool. Like, he just looked different. Like, you know, he had he had something, man. I don't know. And I we talked about it. Like, yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. I think he could have been big in the U.S. Well, I like and that then, we keep this streak of talking about Vampiro alive here on every episode. Yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't talk about Brett, so you know we got to keep the canadian level alive one way or another right and then kevin thorne i felt like was presented as more of like a gothic type dude he did obviously he was presented kind of like vampiric you know but i always felt like he was more of like just a, a gothic type dude you mentioned like, the more lost ambiguous boys. you know yeah like, yeah I agree. You mentioned the Lost Boys because when I first saw him, I thought of the Lost Boys because Thorn, like that's their oh, name, yeah. the yep. dog in the Lost mm -hmm. Boys. And um, but it's funny because uh, with Gangrel, I'll just put in my two cents really quick. I start, I see him every now and again pop up as a like a jobber in the WWF from '93 to '95. Oh yeah, like, watched some of that old stuff. He um, also wrestled under a mask there. Yeah, the Black Phantom. Yep. Which is very weird to think. And they were was... like the executioners, I think. Him and another dude, pain and agony or something. Okay. Yeah, that's a weird thing that he, you know, eventually became. But in 99, I think is when he came into the WWF. That it's it's one of those things you would think would be so out of place, right? In the attitude era. Yeah. But his music was the coolest on the show. So cool. His gimmick got over. That entrance I think was it got the over. coolest entrance was the coolest the gimmick got over like um i think enough where because i know how you're saying like people say he was there just to help the younger yeah. guys but um man i don't know i just think i would have liked to seen him portray you know like in a in a, in a higher profile feud i would have yeah and that. i'm not saying like you know he's got to be the world champ because i mean that at that time they had some big time talent but like i felt like he was there for like a year and left Two years. He had a two year, yeah, two year run, girl, you know, and they even ended up putting him with, you know, the undertaker, which yeah, would have been cool on paper. It sounds cool. Um, well, the ministry of darkness wasn't bad, but then they immediately merged with the corporation and yeah. Blah. Right. Let's talk about, um, I, we have to talk about Kane a little bit more really quick because you mentioned at the top, one of your favorite gimmicks, one of the ultimate gimmicks that, um, successful because it is a gimmick and it was like a whole story behind it it had detail they paid attention to all the detail there with the tying in with the undertaker stuff first saw kane we talked about it before but the memorable debuts episode go back and check it out if you want ripping off the cage so awesome the stare down the fire taker's face undertaker's face so good surprised to see his brother there the the Undertaker or I'm sorry the Kane gimmick in 1997. I'm 14. I'm not really supposed to be scared of a wrestler. Somehow That's I was right before we met. Right before we met. How did he pull this off, man? Because this is a guy we talked about earlier with the um with the Isaac Yankum, and and the fake Diesel and all this all this crappy stuff he was dealt. Do you think it's a testament to the writing, the creativity? Or is it Glenn Jacobs with the, the head turns, the nods? Like, 
So where do you put the, um, cause I heard him say that that was uh sort of like a, a puppy dog thing. Like he saw his dog do that and he took mm. it. I just think that was cool. Oh, was super little, cool. That's, little that's uh, Michael Myers, you know, and that that's immediately well. what I thought of. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, are you surprised it worked and they got the mileage out of it that they did? And while we're talking about it, what's your favorite era of Kane or maybe time frame of Kane? Because there were a lot of like different incarnations and you can't say corporate Kane. <laughs> oh, like, well, um, I you know, then. I'm not even going to, you know, the uh, the last one when he was with the, uh, with the slacks. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I am surprised that it worked um, at that time because we talked about it, like the attitude era, like everything was very real, you know, et cetera. Um, but I think it worked because of The Undertaker, mm. you know, because of what he played off of. Because, dude, you think about through time, like all these gimmicks, like these corny gimmicks that happened and, you know, there were cool gimmicks and there were bad gimmicks and blah, blah, blah. And like through all this time, the undertaker's there. Like mm. amazingly, the guy that they tell us is dead. We still like believe this, which is crazy. Right. It's such a testament to that character. And I think it worked because it played off of the undertaker. Like mm. Kane did a great job. Like you said, the head tilts and like, the movements, the, the, you know, the methodical type, you know, work rate, like stuff like that. And but a I good think, worker. Do you think it worked because of the undertaker tie in, like without the taker there, the Kane character is not so successful, which I can't argue with at all because yeah, I mean, you know, how else is he going to debut? Exactly. You know, like that where does the story a, tie in? Yeah. That was such an awesome story debut. Like Paul bears involvement. Like it's one of, Honestly, thinking about it, it's one of my favorite date like stories. stories Me ever. too. Like I'm with you. And you package. know, and and you said it like Taker was there through all of these gimmicks and all of this. But like, how about the fact that you know all the chapters of the Kane and Undertaker rivalry story? The you know you could go back to it. You could bring them together when they first teamed up, and when remember when they went after Austin mm-hmm. and they were going to like embalm them. Yep, and <laughs> of course it's. It's I actually absurd. just watched that recently. It's like that a- was so Kane actually saves him from being embalmed. Okay. Oh, yeah. but oh, I know okay. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Because then Vince eventually calls them both, you know, P words and then yep. they like get team up. But um, yeah, I wanted to mention Kane. Obviously we have to mention Kane because that gimmick to me, um, it had all those different layers. I felt like, they got back to when they reinvented him with the chained up cane. Yep. When they had the towel over his head after yeah. they unmasked him. I yep. thought when they unmasked Kane, it was the end of Kane. Like I thought for Terrible. sure, yep. I thought it was going to be it. I thought, you know, I just didn't understand why they were doing it. And yep. then he would have the half shaved head for a minute. And I yep. thought that was super that cool. That was super cool. And it lasted for 2.5 seconds. Exactly. Um, And then and when they did the, the reveal with the, you know, the cloth over his head and all, I thought, Somehow they're making like a modern day um, a, a character like somehow scary to adults. Like they mm-hmm. they they nailed it. So I loved Kane. All, all mostly. No, yeah, I I agree. Like I was, we watched it together. I'm sure. Like when they unmasked him, like what the what are you doing? Like it's this whole thing, you know. But 
to his credit, man, like he made that work. And remember, like it was like he thought that he was scarred, but he wasn't actually scarred. Yes. Like that was so cool. And then, like you said, coming down in the chains and stuff. And then he eventually gets ruined. But yeah, dude, I don't know if they saw the movie Identity around that time. It was a John Cusack movie, but it's very yeah. similar. Like he would look in the mirror and see something else. Yeah, I won't spoil the movie, but I, it was very it was like very similar. I love that version of Kane. I love the early version of Kane. Yeah, you I mean, tried... and I didn't answer your question. My my favorite version of Kane, obviously, is the original. The version. OG. Like, yeah, like, but when if he that came one... with The Undertaker, dude, remember, like the place was crazy like yeah oh my god they're gonna team up like that was such a big deal like so that was cool such a big moment dude i don't know if we've had anything like that since where you wanted to see like two guys get on the same page yeah and, like so bad you know these now brother, these brothers I think so yeah these brothers that like had this blood feud um and we have to tie it in since we are tying it in the undertaker here this is vincent fan's greatest creation this gimmick 100 not only was the gimmick terrifying but it's also the best i mean yep. the mystic urn you know and something that sounds ridiculous it's also you an know, occupation like, if you think about yeah, it it is like and i mean man is this the right time right place thing for because you can't do that now you can't take a guy i don't think unless you you know spin it into the modern day somehow but yeah you're saying it's ridiculous because his name is the undertaker he is yep. a guy that like he's in a graveyard he's digging graves he's doing yep. all this stuff um he's got the you know he's burying people alive he's being buried alive he's coming back to life through you know the stadium um and then waking up in the in the coffin like the, the coffin cam remember when he was there was yep. so many different details to that character we're gonna obviously talk about undertaker at length one day but this gimmick for now let's just talk really quick about i've heard a million people say this a million different ways like if anyone else played the undertaker it never would have worked mark calloway was made for the undertaker i don't have anyone in mind but do you think that's true or do you think the gimmick would have been cool and worked if you gave it to Danny Spivey or if you gave it to um, fill in the blank there. You know what I mean? Do you think Mark Calloway deserves all the praise or was that gimmick so genius and the detail, the production, the WWF? I do. I do think he deserves all the praise like a hundred percent, but yeah. it's also hard to imagine anybody else as the undertaker. Right. I mean, you just think of all like we said about Kane, like the little nuances that he did. Like, look at everything the Undertaker did, man. Like what a I mean, I compare him to like, you know, these musical acts that just like last forever. Like mm -hmm. Madonna is still relevant. <laughs> like yeah. in 2022 and she came out in the 80s. And it's why? Because she constantly reinvented herself and like Taker did that too like whether it was you know a, a different supernatural aspect you know when he became the the head of the ministry of darkness when he was sacrificing austin on the cross he became american badass he goes back to being the dead man like to do that for what 30 years yeah i mean that's incredible and like so it's hard to think that anybody else could do that and you know the the lengths that he went to also like to to get there like well for how long did he 
avoid interviews? Did he avoid um, sort of breaking character? Mm-hmm. I mean, he talks about yep. it like he would live never. In the live in the, yeah, he's another guy that lived the gimmick. But you mentioned on one of our earlier episodes when you saw him debut, you knew him as me, Mark Callis. Or, yep. So how did how did he convince you to believe in this character over time? You know what I mean? Because it'd be like right now if you took Ethan Page, right. put him in the WWF, and said he is uh, the Miz's brother, <laughs> and he's here to like whatever. How yeah. do you, you know? Was it just because at that time we were able to suspend our disbelief? Like, do you think yeah, I he- mean, I was I was still kind of young, but I do you know I I there's another guy I always thought me and Mark House was cool because he used to do the he would climb on the top rope and you know how he does like the old school, but he would he would go over and then like do an elbow drop and mm-hmm. i was like holy shit like for a guy that big like i was impressed by him mm. so like i saw him and i knew what he could do and then at survivor series he's just like choking dudes and i was like oh this is i was like i know how cool this guy can be like yeah you know so i don't know i don't know um initially i was like it was weird but i mean I liked it because, I mean, I was him for Halloween that year. That's fine. Oh, really? That year? Yeah. So, well, no, it would have been the following year because it was already, it was probably the following year. It's interesting that. Ask the whole deal. You know, I'm sure you know this, but just for anyone that's listening and don't know this, that he was initially billed as Kane the Undertaker. Yep. So if you're going to talk about long-term storytelling or you want to talk about tying it back, Yep. I am with you, and I think whenever we talk about on one of these episodes, like our greatest or ha- our favorite storylines or our favorite, there's nothing better than Kane and the Undertaker's story in the yeah. uh, in the wrestling business. I think, and Bruce Pritchard deserves a lot of credit because I know he was actually behind a lot of it, yeah, um, originally, and it's Vince's brainchild as well. And um, I know, like Taker's talked about being perplexed by it. You know, he was not sure about it at first no and man i mean like i said it sounds ridiculous like there was an ed- bring you in as a dead guy mm-hmm. you know and like let's not forget paul bearer too man i yeah. mean that's another guy like kind of a household name like even if you don't really know about wrestling like they'll be like oh yes you know right like, right yeah i mean it might be the greatest story in the history of wrestling the more you think about it and, and the greatest the, gimmick yeah and like the long well obviously undertaker is the greatest gimmick yeah period like right. i challenge someone in the comments to you know tell me a, a better gimmick than that because yeah please tell us the, in the longevity comments. the you know incredible right and one cool thing about um, real quick on the Undertaker is um, the tie-in with like Ted DiBiase bringing him in, mm-hmm. and then Ted DiBiase bringing in Stone Cold DiBiase, <laughs> like brought in yeah two of the biggest stars ever. It's just interesting. If it's you think the about it's it. the rub. The rub. DiBiase's the man. Um, more current guys with the, like that dark side. Really quick, we have to talk about both of them. But um, Malachi Black, who is currently. You know, in AEW, we don't know when he's coming back or whatever. Um, he's taken on a dark persona that I feel like he doesn't have as much production behind it, I guess you mm-hmm. would say. Like, yeah. there's not enough um, detail in his 
vignettes. They do some cool backstage stuff here and there, but I think he's a guy that can benefit from call it the machine, call it the the money, the production. Like if you, cause he's got such a cool look. And if you build a story behind this character, not just him talking backstage with the lights off, it's, it needs more than that to, mm-hmm. to, to transcend just being a guy that looks like you're playing a character, which I don't, I do think he's good, but what do you think about Malachi black? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like if you, if you put more into it, you know, I think it could be, Super cool. Like, um, I think all three of those guys are cool. I think Julia Hart has gotten super cool just mm-hmm. being with them, you know, like she was so generic before and like now her coming out with the eye patch and basically like kind of brainwashed by him, yeah. you know. Um yeah, man, start like, you know, turn the lights out, Brody King appears behind somebody, turn them back on, they're there, the lights are all lights are off they're gone you know what i mean like that kind of stuff do drop black friggin liquid on them you know i think there's a lot of stuff that show them at their um you know wherever they hang yeah wherever they hang at midnight you know just playing cards or whatever are we just past that now you know you don't have to be that's what we're talking about going the extra mile you do not have to be especially when i've seen it in little glimmers so i'm gonna hold out hope that they can make the malachi black thing memorable and long lasting and not just a flash in the pan because yeah. right now he's not his momentum just seems to be like you know what i mean like yep. it's not yeah he's kind of in limbo he's stop never and really, start yeah but um, and i other... like him i like brody king a lot i i like murphy or i'm sorry buddy matthews too but they just got to change that dude's name like <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't you know it just doesn't fit house of black like he should have been christened with a new name yeah for sure and like you're coming into a new company you can choose whatever you want bro like pick yeah. something cool like and you're going aligned with a guy named yeah Malachi i, I think black. That that's i think that's a missed opportunity the house of black for sure and another um this is the last on the dark side if you will and this man i feel like we're going to talk about a lot like we talked about him a lot on the wrap-up we're going to talk about him a lot in the future but Bray Wyatt, we have to talk about him because we did say Wayla Mercy, you know, he walked so mm-hmm. Bray can run. But Bray Wyatt, the gimmick of Bray Wyatt, what do you think up to this point? Because he's been around the game a while now. We're eight years in. Wow. Do you think that Bray Wyatt is carving out a legacy amongst some of the greats? Do you think the gimmick even though it's had incarnations, but there was a lot of years where it was like he had down years. He was away. Um, what I want to ask about this gimmick, because I love Bray Wyatt. I love certain incarnations of Bray Wyatt. Do you think that Bray Wyatt has peaked or found his, you know, um, I guess you could say, like, you know how the Undertaker would reinvent himself, but he was the Undertaker first for like eight years, nine yeah, years. Yeah, sure. Bray Wyatt's doing this reinvention thing every few years it's like do you think because the guy himself Wyndham Rotunda is like clearly talented mm-hmm. and this current like thing I like what they're doing but um overall what are your feelings on Bray Wyatt and the gimmicks that he's had well here's another guy that started out you know with a shit name and he was able to overcome it you know mm. like Husky Harris like and uh he made you he- forget yeah, he made you forget. He reinvented himself. Um, I think that, I mean, it's been documented on here. We are all huge Bray Wyatt fans. I don't think he's peaked. 
I don't think Frank's I, a huge Bray Wyatt fan. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I won't I won't speak for Frank. He's out on assignment, but yeah. I am a huge fan of Bray Wyatt. He's one of the few reasons I have to tune into the WWE's programming right now. I don't think he's peaked because they haven't I feel like they haven't let him truly go. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said before, I feel like he's just he's one of these guys that are they're they're too cool like the the office doesn't get it with him. I feel like he's like a Billy Graham type of guy ahead of his time type of thing. Uh we'll see. We talked mm-hmm. about it. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but He's probably going to have more control now that Vince isn't there. Right. You know, hopefully, hopefully he does some great things. I mean, that stuff, the Wyatt family was my favorite gimmick in a very long time. Like, I don't even remember how long, but yeah, I loved Luke Harper. Rowan was cool for what he was, but Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt, especially like, I think Bray is just his his presence alone like his like he's good in the ring but i mean just his presence and his promos like he's so like captivating like he has that like that cult leader like charisma and like the crowd with like holding the lights up and stuff like i love bray so i'm really excited to see i really hope they don't drop the ball with him this time around yeah, and I, I have high hopes for him with this current incarnation, I think. Um, but talking about the Bray Wyatt of the Wyatt family that you're like when you're saying with, with Luke Harper, mm-hmm. Eric Rowan, this is post Nexus. This is like, you know, he's part of that that hus you know, that Husky Harris thing in twenty ten, goes down to NXT or whatever it was, FCW, I guess, around eleven or twelve. And when he first did that gimmick. I remember I saw a clip of it and I I felt like of course it had the Wayla Mercy tie-ins, but I was like, are they really gonna have someone doing a gimmick again? Because it was around a time where no one yeah. was doing any gimmicks at all yep. at, at, anymore. And um when they finally brought it on the main show, dude, it couldn't have been cooler. And it only lasted 2012 to 2014, technically, that Wyatt family. So we're talking about 10 years in now. He is actually on wow. WWE program. But um it's like, dude, I don't know how they didn't allow because he had the thing with Cena. I just felt like they really missed some opportunities with that gimmick. Although the vignettes were the coolest thing ever. I'm with you. It's one of my favorite gimmicks of the last 15 years, easily, mm-hmm. probably 20 years. You know, if we want to go back to 2000. Um, I wanted to mention him, but we're going to start to wind down soon. I want to talk about some of these gimmicks. I'm going to read you gimmicks so ridiculous that I can't believe they got greenlit. And then I want you to give me what you think are a few of the best ever and worst ever as we wrap up. Okay. So I'm going to just, these are the first one. I can't believe they got greenlit. Oz, who is played by Kevin Nash, but Merlin, the magician was with him not not even in the canon of the wizard of oz by the way like that's nothing to do with it but somehow merlin the magician that shit made no sense so oz yeti the shark there's a theme here with wcw glacier who was supposed to be portrayed by rvd i was reading oh wow how about that how about that um mantar which is you i mentioned you (laughs) how did that get greenlit 
And this one, which I know we have not talked about at all, and people are probably tuning into this show, like, when are they going to talk about Shockmaster? Oh, of course. But let's talk about him really quick, because I can't believe that shit got greenlit. I You're don't... a Star Wars guy. Listen, okay. I Star Wars is my favorite thing in life. Fred Ottman's a nice guy, seems like. Yeah, man. There's another nice guy. We should give him a reward. Yeah, no stranger on. to a bad gimmick. He was yeah. tugboat for God's sake. Yeah, tugboat is on my list. Um, so we'll we'll cross that off right now. Sorry, but Shockmaster. Yeah. I have no idea what that was supposed to be. They popped his stormtrooper helmet on him with glitter, and he's supposed to be a mystery partner for Sting. Yeah, it was like a like, big deal. It's like Sting, the British Bulldog. And this guy against Sid and Harlem <laughs> in a war games match. And right? if you haven't seen this, I don't know how you haven't seen this, but you have to look up the Shockmaster debut and listen to the guys <laughs> as he debuts. And I'll leave it at that. Dude, the gimmick didn't even last. So we, you know, of course, yeah, he, he ended up like wearing like a like a onesie or something. Remember, like a yeah. Do you think Fred Ottman is happy that that happened? Because he's like, you know, ironically looked at that. Like everybody loves the show. I mean, he, still, he like, still does conventions. So. so so I wonder if he's happy that he tripped through the fucking wall or. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, like they say, like any means uh, necessary. Bad press, is, bad press is press, right? Whatever the saying is like. Yeah. People know um, who he is. So. Also, real quick, couple spoof gimmicks I had to mention because they're ridiculous, but I'm not going to give any attention to the one that was Jim Ross related. We won't talk about that dipshit. But the fake razor, fake diesel, Ugh. the renegade. And do you remember? Oh, Asia? God. Do you remember Asia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The implication fake was that, yeah, yeah. The, con the continent of Asia is yep. bigger than China. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Terrible. All right. How about these holiday related gimmicks? We Hold had on. Hold yeah, on before I want to I want to pop these in because they're on my worst gimmicks list. OK, uh, the giant Gonzalez, mm. who was an enormous man. And like, if you want to do that, like if you want to call him giant Gonzalez, I'm cool with it. My problem is you dressed him up like a. I, what was beast? I a man, a man beast? Like a giant beast or something like he had like a, airbrush muscles. He had airbrush muscles and like hair, fake hair on his Look that up, John Gonzalez. If you haven't seen that, awful. Uh, a guy who had many gimmicks, but this was my worst incarnation. The Booty Man, mm, who one. was formerly known as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Uh, I don't know what his gimmick was. He he liked booty. He had a booty babe. <laughs> yeah, he would, what was he would that? slap his booty. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that 70s guy, Mike mm. Awesome, who was basically dressed like he was from the 70s in like a leisure suit and giant glasses, mm -hmm. uh, which leads to one that Frank wanted us to mention, the fat chick thriller, <laughs> Mike Awesome. It all kind of goes together. So mm, Mike that's... Awesome, this monster that power bombs people through friggin double tables. But that 70s guy. So there you go ridiculous um all right so i'm gonna read you before you get to your favorite gimmicks i'm gonna really want to read you some holiday related gimmicks just because you know wrestling has to cover everything <sighs> santa claus <laughs> the gobbledygooker 
because that's, you know, Thanksgiving related. Hollow Wicked wrestles in Chikara. They cover, dude, they cover everything in wrestling. If it hasn't been thought of yet, please drop it in the comments. Like, what's a gimmick? This is a good question. What's a gimmick that hasn't been done that they could still do and should still do? I, I would love to know if anyone has any ideas. Um, I'm going to give you my f- four or five worst ever that I think okay. are the worst. Johnny B. Bed. I wow. hated I hated it. As a kid, I just... I I I even knew then Little Rich who Little Richard was, and I didn't know why this guy of all the things you could portray would portray Little Richard. Bastion Booger, never in a million. I don't years. even I don't know what he is. Yeah, what was the gimmick? I don't and even know. He he portrayed a controversial gimmick gimmick Friar Ferguson, that yes, guy. He but did. Uh, that lasted literally like weeks. Yeah, because the Catholic Church came at yeah. them. Legit. Yep. Yep. Uh, but Johnny B. Bad, Bastion Booger, and these are like two that you might be able to lump together. But Rikishi and Too Cool mm. hated the hated them, hated them. Yeah. Talk about a distraction in a time where there could have so, been a lot of cool shit going on. You don't remember that rumble when Rikishi went on that run? You didn't like that, and then he took a dance break. <laughs> exactly, dude. He's had multiple rumble Guys, runs too. We watched that together. <laughs> if you see John's face now. <laughs> I was spitting nails because we had guys like test <laughs> Val Venus who, you know, we didn't get to his gimmick yet. Yeah. X-Pa guys. I liked yep. that. Couldn't get, but Rikishi and too cool. We're Listen, fighting man. Benoit, the radical. There's a, there's a place, there's a place to dance, man. They had to get their dance in. And my, least and I favorite. know what I remember too. And it JR, do you remember his call? I remember his fucking call and he, oh, I was so mad at him. We're going to dance for a while. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, JR. Right. Because that's what, what we all want to see. We t- oh we, that's what we tune in as wrestling fans to see is men dance. Right. Well, people like that fun, John. Well, th- this fucking guy that I'm about to mention is my least favorite gimmick of all time. And I realized it because I was looking back at the rosters and I saw this name pop out at me and I realized this was the worst thing ever. Somehow they managed to get do the worst thing ever in the last 10 years. All right. Hold on. It's the last 10 years. It's the last 10 years. Yes. Hmm. It's the worst gimmick, in my opinion. It it was in the last 10 years. And it was a guy who is currently still wrestling. Hmm. Um, and we actually talked about him recently in the NWA. Ah, yep. The Funkasaurus. <laughs> Brodus Clay. Who booked this shit? <laughs> Bro, what the fuck was that? I I hated it so, so much. So was his name Brodus Clay when they were like Brodus Clay is on the way to the WWE. Remember they did like the um they did vignettes for him. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Yeah. So was his name Brodus Clay? He was Brodus Clay. Yes. Okay. And then like he was coming. He was like it? scary and dominant. At he first. was coming back. Right. Right. But it was a surprise that, that he that it was going to be. Yeah. 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 Yep. They got us. Just, they got us, man. They, he's just a dancing fool. He's, he's coming out dancing. dancing. He's a, he's a dinosaur, but he's a man. But he's from Planet Funk. I hated everything about it. Yeah. This is another thing um, where Vince McMahon's like, I guess, saw a black guy and wanted him to dance. I'm sorry. Sure. That's, that's yeah. what Vince. You well, know, I did. mean, yeah. Mexicals. Does that ring a bell? 
Exactly. You so know, those, like, those are some of my least favorite gimmicks of all time. Um, who do you have on your favorite gimmicks ever? Because I got five on the way out. My favorite well, that were my we, what I think are the best. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned already like Kane is up there for me. Um, I'm not a big Yokozuna fan, but I thought that gimmick was awesome. Like they took this guy that was like a Samoan dude and they gave him this, you know, sumo wrestler gimmick. They presented him with Mr. Fuji, like, you know, the throwing of the salt, like mm-hmm. the whole ritual thing. Like I thought that was just presented so well. Again, not not that I'm not even a fan. I just would have rather someone else have that top spot. Yeah. But I do think it was a really cool gimmick and it worked, obviously. Um, and then another good one, a great one that is controversial. It definitely wouldn't work now, but gold dust. Mm, that's on my list. Um, I mean, talk about reinventing somebody and so they take Dustin Rhodes, the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and they put him and dress him as like an Oscar. Is that what he was supposed to look like? Yeah, he was he was part of Hollywood. He was um, full yeah. gold. He was mm-hmm. gold plated man. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember even seeing like the, you know, the little previews for him and being like the vignette. Sorry. Yeah. And being like, who is that? Like, I literally didn't know it was him. Oh, I didn't know the wig and everything. And, and then man, he took it off. <laughs> he, yeah. Like talk about controversial, like androgynous and like, you know, kind of push the boundaries. Yeah. Like, but like great feuds, great, like um, interviews, like everything, just mm-hmm. a really cool character. Definitely wouldn't work right now, but I, I do think that, that's a guy that took something and was like, all right, man, you want me to do this? I'm going to do it. And he, to his credit, killed it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were I, there were a lot. There was a lot of pullback within, obviously, the business, but also, I think, you know, add, you know, network partners. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of stops and starts when we talked about that. Yeah, like you the know? gimmick, the gimmick got so like, I guess. It was not only over, but it got so um, it blurred the line so much controversial, that yep. yeah, for sure controversial. But but literally, they had to nix it. Yep. Um, they had to nix the gimmick, and it really didn't last as long in that arc incarnation, like that we're talking about the OG Gold Dust. Yeah, uh, it didn't last that long, even though it made a lasting impression. Yep. I loved it. That's one of my favorites of all time for sure. And then, obviously, you know, we already said it: the best gimmick ever. If if there's a better one. I'll listen, but The mm. Undertaker. I mean, a guy that completely reinvented himself, believed in the gimmick, did whatever Vince asked him to do, some crazy, you know, out-of-this-world paranormal stuff. But, I mean, The Undertaker, that's one of the last, like, real larger-than-life, like, characters in wrestling. Like, well, we, we got a little older but I'm with you. Like, I but think I mean, I, if, if I met the undertaker tomorrow, Oh, right. I would, I would be starstruck. Right. Like that guy's a living legend. Abs- absolutely. So, absolutely. That's mine. Nice. Um, I'm going to say what I think are the best ever. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the million dollar man, Mr. Perfect. Yep. 
I do believe Gold Dust is one of the best gimmicks ever, if not yep. one of my favorites. Kane and The Undertaker. That's the that's list. That's exactly my five. Beautiful. That's yep. that's awesome. Yep. So that and then um on the way out, we didn't mention these two guys. We kind of mentioned the one, and I don't really want to talk about them too much, but I do have to mention Val Venus because yeah, in the 90s, also controversial. Dude, that was what talk about a talk about a, an occupation. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget Val Venus, yep. Godfather. And yeah, man, super controversial. Like super over. Brought though. like brought a porn star into wrestling. Ridiculous. Like, yeah, like probably not in hindsight. You know, they were doing whatever they wanted back then, but in hindsight, bro, the really not era, a good idea. Just, yeah, no. But I mean, the attitude are they were like, let's go, man. But like, bro, I was fifteen or sixteen. Yep. If I like, if I was eleven or ten, you know, I don't know, man. That's just yeah. But they were they at that time they weren't catering to kids. Exactly. You know, exactly. like things were different, dude. They Vince, say that, but they still made action figures. They still promoted. Sure. Sh- you know, they, they didn't care. They just yeah. But but guys like in their teens were buying those figures too, though. True. You know, True. like that. Like that was when, you know. Guys started collecting figures. Zern was just telling me like um all the figures that he had, you know, that he ended up giving to his kids, like still in the package and stuff. Mm. So like, yeah, man, that was still a thing. And remember, like the WWE literally was on the verge of like going down. Right. And then right. the Attitude Hour, you know, they were like, all right, let's go, man. If this is what we're doing, let's do it. And right yeah. or wrong, they... Things got crazy. Yeah, that did. Um, one more I want to say before you know I I finish up here, but one that a guy took a, a character made you forget him was Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Johnny Polo, yep. and that Raven gimmick also one of my favorites. Oh yeah, no super, doubt yep. for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I forgot to really get into Raven. Um, we we left out a lot. Obviously, it's impossible sure to cover did. it all. Yeah, I so, mean we don't have yeah. six hours. Right to sit here and talk about gimmicks, but yeah. I'm sure the guys will berate us for uh, for forgetting some. Well, I would like anyone in the comments to leave, you know, leave in there, guys. We didn't mention that you would like to get some play, maybe from ECW, maybe from you know the WCW days, even go back to NWA. Tell us some other gimmicks. What are your favorite gimmicks? What are your least favorite gimmicks? What is the best gimmick? If there's one better than the Undertaker, put it in there if you think. And tell us what you think of the worst gimmick of all time is is because uh, we covered a lot, but we didn't cover it all. And but... a gimmick that has never been done that you think could be successful. Yeah, that's a great one. Please leave that in there. Uh, obviously, continue to subscribe, like these, uh, like these videos, subscribe, leave comments. We like all that. Follow us on Instagram at no sold underscore podcast. Check out our pro wrestling tea store. You can search No Sold right in Pro Wrestling Tees and it will bring you right to our page. We got some cool t-shirts. Like we said, we're going to do a a randomizer soon. We're going to give away some shirts just randomly. Um, Next week, we're going to not necessarily be talking about gimmicks, but a guy we mentioned, Kane, is going to be front and center for our show. We're going to be comparing and rating, reviewing, debating Bad Blood 97 with halloween havoc 97 that's going to be super fun you can watch those shows if you want before we talk about them 
Thanks to the people in Great Britain who's got us in the top 100 pro wrestling podcasts. And uh, Donka Shane to the people in Belgium. And uh, yeah, we thank you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. This has been No Soul for Mantar. I've been T.L. Hopper. <laughs> I got to get I gotta get ready for my day job tomorrow. It's going to be an early day. I got some house calls. Mantar. I'm going to be uh, <laughs> I'm going to be stabbing people with these horns, bro. I don't know what Mantars do. 